Welcome to Hydrate Level 4. I'm your host, Peter. Today, joining me is Carly from the That Pop This Life podcast. Good morning, Carly. Hi, Peter. Good morning. Thanks for having me on the show. No problem. Thank you for coming on. Um, for regular listeners, recently Phoenix was on an episode with me, and he's not joining me today, but that's because you and I, we, we've already had this scheduled out, and um, so you know he wasn't able to, to be on this one and i don't want people thinking he was grounded again so so i just wanted to put that out uh but yeah phoenix is returning we we, we already got a movie uh picked out for our next review and all that good stuff if if no one caught it um on the episode he did return on but uh for listeners that are unfamiliar with your work because i know we we share some of the same friends and fans um why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about both of your shows well i host i co-host two shows uh, two podcasts. One is a pop culture podcast called That Pop This Life. And it's a show where we pretty much talk about pop culture. We talk about life stuff. We talk about everything in between that. And we just talk about the how ridiculous everything is. You know, we make fun um, about the pop culture and our lives equally. And we have a lot of fun uh, talking about it. Uh, my co-host, Cynthia, we've been friends for a really long time, for over 20 years now. Um, uh, and we, we love doing the show and we love hearing how much people like it, especially you, you've been a, a good supporter of our show and we have a really good time just talking about TV, movies, uh, who is dating who, uh, what's happening in our lives, you know, kids, boyfriends, vibrators, what, whatever, whatever, you know, anything and everything, um, pop culture and media. And that's that pop this life. I also co-host, um, a show talking about Shondaland and all the Shonda Rhimes shows called Talking Shondaland. And I co-host that with uh, my good friend, Nicole. And that's self-explanatory. We talk about all of Shonda Rhimes' TV shows. Uh, currently, it's Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, and How to Get Away with Murder. And next season in September, we're going to add um, Shonda Rhimes' new show called The Catch. So that's that's it. Yeah, I highly recommend it. You're, you're the only podcast I listen to that is... Um, like that. Well, well, both of them I, I I listen to, but more so the um, that popped this life. Yeah, because people that do know the stuff that I'm into, I listen to the movie and TV stuff. And right. for you to do the pop uh, culture stuff, I'm like, well, that's great because I enjoy all that stuff, but I don't do a lot of reading of that stuff. So I, I do enjoy uh, you and Cynthia talking about all that and all the banter. And you know, the very first time I listened, I I don't remember any the, the the details but i was like holy cow they're really talking about like sex stuff and 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 toys i'm just <laughs> this is just completely different from what i uh from the things that i listen to so it, it was just fun you guys are uh, definitely a fun listen so i highly recommend and you know uh, encourage listeners to go subscribe to your show and check and check you out yeah thanks we're on itunes and stitcher so thanks yeah. but were you listening because in february which is valentine's day you know month uh -huh. I guess we decided is also Black History Month, obviously, but we decided on the on focusing on Valentine's Day and making it our quote unquote sexy shows. So we talked about all things sex related um, from vibrators to uh, sex snacks after sex snacks and, you know, underwear and relationships and all that. So were those the shows that you heard? <laughs> and I hope and I hope I didn't disappoint you because after that, we didn't talk about it as much. <laughs> those shows but you know i i don't rem that doesn't sound like one i've listened to 
um, what what is it now? May, almost the end of May. Right. I can't even remember when I started listening, but when I started, uh, when I did start listening, I was listening to every week. Uh, I right. did go back to like the the first few episodes just to see how different your show has changed, but it, it hasn't. So and th- that's something I also kind of listen for, um, just mm-hmm. just out of curiosity. It, it doesn't like change my. Um, you know, decision whether or not to listen. If I'm like, oh man, she's completely different from from how she started. You know, so it's nothing like that. But I, I'm always curious to see how people have evolved on their shows. Like I feel like um, uh, w- with me in Phoenix, we've done a lot of things differently. We've tried different segments and we've we've ended some. And I think since he's been gone for a long time, I forgot to play certain segments. Segments, right. you know, things like that. But um, yeah, I, I I would have to um, pull up your feed to to tell you exactly when I did start because I, I'll, I'll remember based off of your your show notes, which are amazing too, because you you like are detailed exactly what you guys are discussing, and I'm I'm pretty vague, you know, I'm just like, oh, this is what we're discussing and uh, the movie we're reviewing today, and that's basically it. Uh, right. And uh, well, because we talk about so much mm-hmm. in an episode. Mm-hmm. Our episodes can be from about an hour to about an hour and a half. I try not to go over unless it's a special episode where we're talking about an award show mm-hmm. or an episode of TV that, you know, a season of TV that we really enjoyed. Um, but we talk. There's a lot. There's a lot of content. And, and you know, Cynthia and I, we're rapid fire. So we go from one subject to the next. So I try to make our show notes as, you know, as as detailed as possible so you can know what we're going, you know, getting, uh, going through in an episode. Yeah. I, I think another thing that kind of, um, had, had me, had me going with you guys' show is, uh, is the accent. Cause you guys are both from the East coast. Uh, we are, we're from New York. Yeah. <laughs> well, Cynthia, we're, we were, Cynthia was born in Puerto Rico and spent some time there during junior high, but we were both, you know, raised here. Right. Right. Big, big ups to New York. That's what they yeah. say. Right. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> So I, I like to think I'm pretty diverse in in, in in the the language I guess from different parts. You know, I I think I know a little uh, enough from you know pop culture. You know, and and music. You know, and I think the first time I heard Big Ups was like Busta Rhymes. Oh really? Right. Not to be um, confused with like Shauna Rhymes. No. <laughs> Spelled differently. No. Is that her no. It, it could be her brother. I don't know. <laughs> so somebody might call us racist for even thinking that. <laughs> yeah, not even. Uh, no. Well, yeah, from New York, and the thing is that, it, like you said, pop culture teaches us a lot. Right. But it also can can lead us astray in a way. Like it can it can give us something that is a little askew and. Part of what a lot of what we talk about on my show on that pop this life is is how much real life and pop culture is so different or whatever you see in pop culture. For example, um, like the first time that you that you have sex right on TV or in movies, it makes it seem like one thing and it makes it seem so like either magical or, or so, you know, so great and exciting for for the most part. And then you actually do it. You know, you're watching this growing up and then you you finally do it in real life and you're just like it was nothing like it was on tv right it's nothing like it was you know in that movie that i love or that i saw a million and one times and so pop culture can lead us astray but for example in this movie that we're going to review today um part of the reason that i love it so much is because it's so real and so close to life to that slice of life uh-huh. and to how, what i know and how i grew up and 
you know, there's some some movies that they get it right. And Raising Victor Vargas is one of those movies that definitely gets it right. That life and that, you know, that little piece of, of world gets it really right. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. So before we get into that, I'm going to put you uh, on the spot a little bit. And uh, okay. a thing that you guys do on your show is, um, what what is the, the, the one word weekly... Well, I, I, we do a one-word TV review because okay. I watch a lot of TV, as I'm sure you do as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we can't spend an hour talking about just TV. So we can, we don't. So I do a one-hour TV review, one-word one TV review, and we just do a list of, you know, a list of uh, TV shows and pop out a word to okay. describe So episode. What I would like to do with you is have you do a one-word movie review from 2002. And that's the year that the <laughs> Raising Victor Vargas movie came out. What do you think about that? Yes, let's do it. Okay. Oh, my God. So okay. I, I was going to do the top 10, but um, I have the the top 100 um, grossing movies from that year. And there's right. there's a few movies right outside of the top 10 that I, that I would like to to throw in there so i'm gonna um kind of jump around a little bit and then i'll go from 10 to 1 and if you haven't sure. seen it just yeah just say if you haven't seen it you know and, and then we can move on because uh, i don't want you to be like oh uh <laughs> you know make something up well, i feel like oh my oh my words are gonna be like awesome bad still, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> you know? yeah, that's but, that's okay there's still one word reviews okay okay, okay. <laughs> all right so let's see here how about made in manhattan horrible eight mile it was all right. Uh, Born Identity. Good. The Ring. Scary. Minority Report. Eh. Catch Me If You Can. Ooh. Okay, now those were all outside the top ten. Yes, I know that. that yeah. That's kind of weird. I mean, Catch Me If You Can, that's number 11. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought that would have done a little bit better for it being a Spielberg movie, uh, Christopher right. Walken, Leo. Um I, I really enjoyed that one, but 11 is still pretty good, you know? Yeah. Okay, so your top, top 10. Five. Well, if you, sorry to interrupt you, okay. but if you, what you're saying about Catch Me If You Can is completely true. However, once you check out the top 10, you're just like, oh, okay, I get it. You know, once you see wh- who the top 10 or the top five are, you're just like, all right, I understand. Maybe yeah. not number it, five for some people, but yeah. Oh, you have the list up? No, I don't. Oh, okay. I was like, are you looking at don't be cheating. Um, I don't have it up. Yeah, I, I guess to be fair, these are top grossing. That don't mean that doesn't mean that they're they're going to be better than number eleven, right? Yeah, or, or that they were. Well, I guess if top grossing is probably, you can almost say that they were the most popular because if they grossed, that mean that means that a lot of people went to see it. No. Yeah. 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 They, they, that's true. Okay, so number ten, Chicago. Are we still doing the the one word reviews? Yep. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Start uh, again. Ten, Chicago. Pizzazz. Nine, Ice Age. Kids. Uh, eight, Men in Black Two. No. <laughs> Seven, Austin Powers and Gold Member. No. <laughs> Six, Signs. Interesting. Five, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Loved. Four, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Okay. Three Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Um. Two Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers. Nah. <laughs> One Spider Man. 
Good. Okay. So a lot of those you didn't care for. No, well, because I'm not, that's not like Your the movies. genre that I really like. I'm not a, I know, I feel like I'm going to lose a lot of listeners right now, but I'm not a big Star Wars, Star Wars fan, especially not the, you know, the last three that came out. Um, the first three, all about it, but the last three are just, are just so bad. Um, and the Two Towers, I saw it, the Two Towers, the, that's the second one, right, of the Lord of the Rings? Mm-hmm. My husband and I, we decided to wait until all three were out and then take a day and watch them all. So I feel like I was just fatigued when I was going through it. So that's all I remember of just sitting there for nine hours watching Lord of the Rings, especially I'm not like a big fantasy person. And um, but there were good movies. Yeah. But, you know, that's just not my bag. It's not my thing. Okay, Uh, And I'm just going to run down the top 10 singles from that year. I, I wish that I was able to find like the number one song from when the movie was released, but I, um, uh, I'll, I'll admit I was a little lazy to do that. But I, th- I think just running down the top ten songs and and seeing if you recognize any of these and you know if you have any memories of them. Uh, okay. But number ten is "Blurry" by Puddle of Mud. I don't. I feel like I can't remember what that sounds like. Um, I know that they used it in the trailer for the Vin, D- Vin Diesel movie, Man, uh, A Man Apart. Uh, also, had like Larry and Tate. Um, I, I, I feel like it's one of those songs that if you heard it, you'd probably recognize it. Because I, I feel like they, they did play it on the radio a lot. It, I, I actually really like that song, too. Um, how about You Got It Bad at number nine? Oh, that's uh, Usher, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Eight, Go ahead. What's Love? That's um, Ashanti. No, that's uh, yep. what's the space right. with Ashanti? Uh huh. Right. Fat Joe. Fat Joe with Ashanti. That's a good song. That was a good summer song. Yeah, it was. It sure was. Um, yeah, summer song. I was a little surprised that it was 2002 because I, I I thought I remembered it being popular in high school, but I guess not. Yeah. Uh, Lincoln Park is at number seven with In the End. Oh, that's a good song. It's a great song. I love that band. Um, a Thousand Miles by Vanessa Carlton at number six. Oh, that's one of those songs that stay in your head forever. I and I always think back to White Chicks too. Oh, definitely, because it's one of those songs that now has turned into, you know, like um, like a comedy bit. You right. know, whenever someone wants to uh, portray like a really white, you know, middle class white girl, they sing that song yeah. for some reason. But uh, I, that's, that's good. I, I like Vanessa Carlton. She's 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 all right. Uh, this one I don't know. It's the calling. Uh, the song is "Wherever You Will Go." The calling, wherever you will go. I don't. It doesn't sound familiar. Yeah, I'm sure. Again, it's one of those songs that if you hear it, you'll know exactly what right. it is. Yeah, number five. So that's interesting. Um, number four, "Dilemma" by Nelly. Oh yeah, A, another great summer song. Yeah, I uh, I throw a little shade on that song because uh, in 2002, <laughs> I myself wrote uh, wrote a song. Uh, I'm a f- um, uh, retired wannabe rapper, <laughs> and I I have a song that um, I helped co-produce, and you know we sampled a Thai song, and mm-hmm. basically uh, everything I say in that song is very similar to what Nelly's talking about. This dilemma of his is basically like it's like it, it's one of those things you know when they release a movie and they have another movie very similar to it that same year, like Armageddon and Deep Impact. Right. You know, something like that. So I felt that that's what Dilemma was to me when, when I had my song. Of course, you know, I'm I'm not an actual artist, but I was just like, when my song came out, I go, how am I supposed to share this with friends when freaking Nelly comes out with a similar song? 
Oh, you know, and he's he's got a girl singing on it. I have a, a guy singing my hook. Um, right. So I, I, I may share that with you if you are interested. But yes. uh, Devin and John have already heard it. So. Oh, damn it, uh, Lee. Uh, another Nelly song comes in at number three, Hot and Her. <laughs> oh, Hot and Her. Yeah. Who doesn't remember that song? It still plays <laughs> on the damn radio. Uh, well. Because sometimes is hot in her. Yeah, so. <laughs> this is true. Now, did, did was it um, as was it big for you? Was it a, like a really good song? Did you love it? That, no, it's a, it was one of those songs that um, that's the type of music that I personally listen to. Like when I turn on the radio, I'm not just like let me try to find Nelly hot in her. But when it comes on, or you're at a party or at a barbecue, is you know, and you know all the words, right? Because those you know, it's that music that plays a million and one times on the radio, and you know it. And you groove to it, or you you know dance at a party, or you drive with it. Yeah, yeah, I I know it. I mean, I know the lyrics and stuff. But Nelly was one of my favorite rappers. I mean, but Hot and Her, I I I don't want to say I didn't like it, but I wasn't a huge fan of it. And you know, I'm just like, because he's got so many other good songs from that album. You know, I'm just like, why? I guess because of what he's talking about. And then the video, obviously. You know, right. made it big as well. But I I've always felt that Hot and Her was bigger than it. It really was, but that was just my opinion. And again, I was a wannabe rapper, you know. So what do I know? <laughs> uh, number two, we've already mentioned her, but "Foolish" by Ashanti. Ashanti, yeah, that's a good, yeah. Do you like Ashanti? No. No, is it because uh, all her songs are just "baby, baby"? <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Peter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, baby, no, baby, I... baby, baby. <laughs> no, I just again, it's not. I don't know. I'm not drawn to that to her style or anything however i the other day is funny they said that i was thinking about her and i was like what happened to ashanti like she was so popular i guess 1990 what 1990 19 from no i'm sorry not 19 from 2001 2002 maybe 2003 and then it seems like she disappeared right but so you know it's not that i want to see her disappear i just i'm not you know i'm just not a fan i, I want to say she's with nelly now does that sound like, right? Within the biblical sense, or yeah, with like they're making music. No, no, like uh, together. I think, I, I, yeah, I think they hooked up. If I'm not oh. mistaken, yeah. Um, and number one, "How You Remind Me" by Nickelback. Nickelback. Yeah, a band that that for some reason people love to make fun of, but they are very popular. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know why. I mean, I, I like their music. You know, they they they've had some pretty good singles that I've enjoyed. I mean, "Hero." You know, I I like that song and that's uh, my hero. You know, so I I don't know I, I I don't know what it is, but maybe there's just something that I, I I don't know about about them. You know, that make people make fun of them. You know, but I I think their music's fine. No, definitely. Wait a second. Um, I don't think Nickelback sings "Hero" though. Hero. From uh, I I think it's uh Chad Chad Kroger. Is that the singer? Chad Kroger. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was him and another. Are uh, another musician from another band. Okay. So I think it was like him and then another guy. So it was it was like a a, a collaborative song. Um, and so I, I guess when I say Nickelback, I, I really mean Chad Kroger. Chad. Uh, yeah, Please. yeah, him and you know, somebody else. I people are probably yelling at me like, how do you not know? But I mean, no. Hero was like. Come on, that was a long time ago. It, it, it's still a good song, but I I feel nobody's gonna be. No one cares. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thanks. I didn't, I didn't want to be that, <laughs> that but but I, that that was that was fun. Um, take, yeah. to, taking it back. I mean, that was 
13 years ago. 13 years ago. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Um, Phoenix doesn't know a lot of those songs. I think he likes Dilemma, though, when he comes on. He was like, oh, is this Nelly? Because, you know, he kind of knows Nelly, and he knows some of its songs, uh, his songs. And so, yeah, not a bad year for music. But I I do find that um, the older movies where I've done this with, were were better lists, <laughs> right? You know? Well, because I feel like the early two thousands music kind of just took a dive, yeah, for you know for not the best, and, and yeah. yeah, you and you had a lot of artists that were making it big from really from nothing. I mean, I I don't know what some of these other are. I, I don't I don't want to drop any you know, names just because, you know, I don't want to offend somebody who's like, oh, that's, but that's my favorite rapper, you know, but like, yeah, right. some of these people, I'm like, why, why are they on the radio? <laughs> right. You know, there, there's one song right now. I, I couldn't tell you what the damn uh, title is. I don't know who's, um, who the artist is, but it's, it's, it's not, um, auto tune, but the way this rapper sounds, I'm just like, what, what is this even about? And why is it on the radio? Because, it almost it, it sounds like one of those deleted tracks off of the Carter pick a number, you know, <laughs> right, right. because like if you listen to any of the Lil Wayne, the Carters, like uh, a, a, a lot of songs, a lot of them are actually pretty good. But a lot of you can you can grab, you know, a few tracks here and there from each each album. They all sound similar. Okay. You know, there, there's nothing too different from it. So this this particular song, like the beat, there was nothing special about this beat. It was actually pretty decent, but the way this rapper is rapping over it, I'm just like, why is this a thing? You know, it's, I don't know. It, it's just well, yeah, what they decide to play and 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 give awards for and uh, highlight on the radio is just kind of like it's 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 weird. I don't know. It's, it is. Well, it's it's all business. So it's whoever makes the most money. Yeah. This this is true. And sometimes. Yeah, and sometimes it's really hard to not think that because for me, I feel like, you know, I shouldn't be this, so cynical. But every time I hear something, I'm just like, why is that? Oh, okay, someone probably, you know, paid for that or or it's making money. So they have to continue to make the same type of music. Yeah. Uh, whatevs. <laughs> In, <laughs> so or, let's, start, let's start the show on a really negative note. Right. Anywho's, right, just, right, as you guys right. say. <laughs> okay, so... This brings back to uh, us to the movie uh, of the episode, Raising Victor Vargas. It yes. came out 2002, uh, written, directed by Peter Sollett. Do you know any of his other work? I, I mean, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, right? Right. Nora's Infinite Playlist is so good. It is. And I've seen it a thousand and one times. And, um, and you can, you know, you can, you can recognize some of the work that he did. Um, on Victor Vargas, on Nick and Nora. Um, other than that, let me see what else. He did, he directs a lot of TV, if I'm not mistaken. He's yeah. directed some TV, I guess, to pay the bills. But um, Nick and Nora is his most prominent one. Yeah, I, I was really surprised to find that he did that. I um, I didn't watch it as many times as you. I watched it the one time, so a um, mm-hmm. hundred less times than you. Or did, wait, did you say a thousand and one or a hundred and one? Thousand. Okay, so so I watched it a thousand times less than you. Yes, and so I was surprised because yeah, it it was one of those movies that at the time I was subscribing to Netflix on a DVD. Now I only do the Netflix streaming just because I have no time to get the DVDs. And the last movie I had, I think it sat on my coffee table for like two months, and I was so mad. So anywho, um, 
but yeah, that that movie when when we watched, uh, it, um, and I'm talking about Infinite Playlist. When my, my wife and I watched it, we were just like, "Oh, that's that's a really good movie." And it then is. after watching uh, Raising, Raising Victor Vargas, I was just like, "Oh, that's the same guy." And I could kind of see it because you know they're both about a, a boy and a girl. And right. I was like, "Okay, yeah, this is really awesome." But you did uh, ask me this offline. Uh, but this is the one and only time I've ever seen Raising Victor Vargas. Yeah. And I'll go ahead and throw it out now. I loved it. I thought it was a really good movie. And Yay. if if uh, people are listening to this point and have not yet seen the movie, I would definitely recommend go and watch this movie. We'll obviously go scene by scene and talk about it. And I know like some people, um, they, they, don't, they don't mind doing that because sometimes I do that. If I have <laughs> some knowledge of the movie, maybe I'll just listen to the review because I was like, well, I'll, I'll never get to watching it. Um, right. But uh, this wasn't easy to find, but uh, definitely, I definitely recommend um, checking out this movie. Uh, but some of our stars, and maybe you can help me out with some of the pronunciations, but uh, our lead actor, uh, and some of them go by their first names too, which is kind of cool, but Victor... Uh, Victor is played by Victor Rasuk. Rasuk, okay. And, who, mm-hmm. Some people may know from Lords of Dogtown. He was recently in the CBS show Stalker. Um, he was also in the HBO show. Um, oh crap! What's the name of that? Oh, Fifty Shades Grey. <laughs> no, how to, right? He was in the HBO show How to Make It in America. America. Yeah, it's a really good show. Um, and and it lasted two seasons on HBO, and it was, it was actually pretty good. And he was in Fifty Shades of Grey. He played um, her her friend. What's his face? Oh, uh, oh, I've never I've never seen the movie. I just pulled up his. Uh, uh, I don't watch that. I know. <laughs> that's not action or the wrong type of action anyway. <laughs> um, You've never but, seen Fifty Shades. What? Not, not yet. I, I, <laughs> I, I think my wife might want, want to watch it, but we'll, we'll see. It's, it's nothing that it's on my, it's not on my queue of any, of any sort. It's just, it's, it's not my cup of tea. Don't wait. But I mean, I, I, I may, I may say that, but there's still movies that I watch where like, well, what, Peter, why'd you watch that? <laughs> right. You know, um, but Victor Rasuk, I I really enjoyed him from Lords of Dogtown, and uh, that's the first time I had seen him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, this this guy's pretty good. And then I think I didn't see him in, in, until Stalker, and I didn't recognize him at first because you know he's he's grown. It, it's been I think Lords of Dogtown probably came out in oh three, oh three or or oh four. So it's been at least ten years since I've seen this guy, and so I didn't recognize him until like five episodes into Stalker. Which oh, really? I, yeah, and I watched that, which unfortunately it recently got canceled. <laughs> so and, and I liked him in that too. He was on the, he, he's one of the main people, but he didn't have like a um, like a really big role. You know, right. he, he didn't have a whole lot of like backstory to his character, and and I felt like as we were starting to learn a little bit more about him. Oh, we're canceling it after season one. <laughs> like what? Um, yeah. And then uh, our other lead, Judy Marte. Yes, Judy Marte. Marte. Okay. Is, I guess the second lead. Yeah. Do you know her from anything? I, I don't know her. Actually, Victor Rasuk is the only one I think I recognize. Well, I, I know uh, Melanie. Right? Is that the other girl, Melanie Diaz? So Melanie Diaz. I recognize she's, her. She's, yes. And I think she was also in Lords of Dogtown. She was in Lords of Dogtown. She has been in uh, Be Kind Rewind. She's been in. Um, uh, she's been in so much. Like she's been on on TV a lot. She was in Fruitvale Station. Right. Um, oh yeah, I I own that one. The, the, she was the, the the baby mama girlfriend. Yes. And yes, I I seen Be Kind Rewind, but one time, most deaf and uh, Jeff, um, Jack Black, but I don't I don't remember her in that she one. She was. 
believe she was the the third. Oh, the, the third, third person. Okay, I you know I I don't want to sound racist, but I thought she was in a show that I grew up watching, and it's totally not her. But um, I thought she was in the TV show Ghost Rider. You know about the kids who write to ghosts. I thought she right. was Gabby. No, I, no, I don't think that was her. No, no, it, it's not. I, I looked it up because I was really curious, and <laughs> I was just because I don't want to be like, oh, I think she's Gabby on Ghost Rider, and be like, no, nope, you racist sob. <laughs> Brown people do not all look alike. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Melanie is amazing. I mean, she's done, again, she's done TV. Uh, she was in Nothing Like the Holidays, um, Nip Tuck, the, things like that. Um, she does a lot of independent films. Yeah. And some TV episodes. So it, I feel like it's, she's one of those people that once you see her, she's a character actor. And you see her, you probably recognize her from something. Right. Um, but she's amazing. I'm a big fan of hers. She's been acting for a really long time. And I think Victor Vargas was her third movie or her second movie. Really like early. Feature- yeah. Okay. That, so that's our main three. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, but, you know, they, they um, it's, it's more about Victor's family, too. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, we'll just kind of leave those, those main three because I think they're the ones on the screen the most as well. Um, right. But, yeah. And they- Grandma and the grandma. Oh, the who's grandma. Let's give her some love. Um. <laughs> uh, the grandma is played by Altagracia Guzman. Oh, she uses her own and, name. Yes, and she no no she uses a different name in in the oh, movie. Well, I think. Um, maybe the first name is different, but definitely Miss Guzman because I remember the the caseworker. She's like, oh no, I'm gonna call you Miss Guzman, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay. Uh, but she's, I, if I'm not mistaken, this was her one and only movie. Oh. Like, she's complete uh, unknown, um, complete fresh, you know, inexperienced actor, if you may. Um, and just to go back, um, Judy Marte, she's yes. in a fantastic movie called On the Outs. Mm-hmm. Came out in 2004. And it's, it's really good. And I recommend everybody uh, watch it. You know, I... For, um, prior to, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but prior to, well, last week when I first announced that you were coming onto the show, I actually tweeted at Victor and the director just to right. see if they would be interested, like in an interview or review, just to throw it out. Because you and I, we've talked about this before, and you encouraged that, you know, I just keep on trying because you never know. Yeah. And no hits, but uh, also like Judy, I didn't know she was Judy because I didn't really look at the entire cast because I was trying to stay as spoiler free so I can be like surprised to everything. So um, the first name under Victor, I don't know why. Well, I guess I know why it's, it's Donna because she was the second person that we see in the movie. So I thought right. she was the other lead. So I tried looking her up and I couldn't find anything. So now I feel like a dumbass because after I watched the movie, I went back to look at the cast and go, she's right there and she's judy you know i was like what am i thinking like i should yeah i should have looked it up and and maybe she had a twitter too and maybe that's one more person i could have tried and still not get but that was just my story behind the scenes oh Um, wow so this movie i I had you choose a movie and you chose this one i revealed that this is the first time i've seen it but um i do when um when i was looking for this movie i saw the cover box and i go oh my god i I remember seeing the cover box. Like I, I've seen it somewhere, you know, whether it was um, uh, Blockbuster at the time. Because I think in '02, I might have still been working at Blockbuster. I forget. Because um, I know it kind of came out independently, which um, I do watch independent movies. Um, I, I know you asked me that, but it, it wasn't one of my things. 
around that time, like, oh, I'm going to, you know, it, it's not one of my go-tos. But if I hear about it and, you know, people are like, oh, it's, it's extremely good, I, I will check it out. Because there's another one that is, you know, quote-unquote a classic and right. whatever. But um, the one that has Marlon Wayans in it and it's about drugs and stuff. Um, I'm drawing a blank on the title, but I swear it's a title. With Marlon Wayans? Well, Marlon Wayans is in it, and I think he plays a druggie. Requiem for Yes. So that's an independent film, right? Requiem for a Dream? Yeah. And so I've yes. I've never seen that. And so it's just, I, I, yeah, so around that time, like, I kind of pick and chose, like, the independent films I, I watch. But, but now there's so many of them, you know, and they're kind of, like, mainstream now. You know, mm -hmm. now I've probably seen more of the more popular ones. But I feel like this one, yeah, it definitely flew under the radar. And I'm... I'm kind of sorry that it's not getting uh, as much love as, as it should. So I'm glad that you presented this movie to me and, you know, uh, to give me the opportunity to review this because I, I thought this movie was really, really good. Yeah. Well, when you said what movie do you want to see, we, we went back and forth. I don't wanna, I don't I don't want it to be like too inside baseball here. Mm. You, you know, we went back and forth and I and I chose this one not only because I honestly deeply love this movie, but because it's not one of those movies that people talked about as much and you know a certain community film community did but the general public didn't talk about it as much when it came out and most certainly they're not talking about it now so I thought it, it would be a good movie to discuss um, I thought Phoenix would be on the show with us so I thought it you know I thought it would be a good movie for him to watch because it's you know deals with kids teens his age mm -hmm. and also it's it's just a really good movie that deserves some love and other than it being, you know, amazing, it's heartwarming, it's subtle, it's real. It takes me back to these kids are people that I grew up with. Mm -hmm. These these were my neighbors. These were the kids that I went to school with. So while I, I hadn't seen it in a really long time, I saw it when it first came out. Um, I saw it at the theaters, actually, when it first came out. And um, me and a group of friends, we went. Um, so I hadn't seen it since. And it's been, I don't know, 15, what is it? Not 15 years. It's been... Nine years? Uh, it came out in 2002, so 13 years. Yeah, 13 years. So I'm just like, I haven't seen it since then. And when I saw it again this week, it just took me back to being in my neighborhood, yeah. you know, and being around these these kids and and hearing the way they speak or, or even the culture of, of someone yelling from the street to somebody else to come downstairs or, you know what I mean, or speaking to their grandma. or It's just, it has all this and it's very... This movie has a very lived in place, you know, it has a very, it's a slice of life movie. So, it's, you know, it's this little chunk of culture, but it's done really, really well. And it's one of those things that just, it takes me back to where I grew up and I just love it. I love it so much and it's really well done. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I mean, I, I don't have the background that you do. I, I can't relate to a lot of these things, but there's an authenticity of, of this movie and I, I wish that the Asian folks had a movie like this. Like, mm -hmm. you know, while watching this movie, I was like, what is a movie that I've seen that is kind of like this? And, um, you know, there's not, there's not an extensive list of, like, Asian movies. And the only thing that I could think of was the debut with uh, Dante Basco. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you've seen that movie, but that's, that's not really like a slice of life type of movie like this one is. But right. it's kind of surrounds the event of, you know, Filipinos and 
I'm not Filipino, but I'm I'm still Asian, so I was able to relate with some of the things. But um, I think this one, uh, Raising Victor Vargas, is still the better movie. But I, yeah, I I just wish the you know there was there was others like this um, about minorities, you know, right. basically. And and yeah, unfortunately, the Asians don't really have one. But maybe maybe if you had the time, check out the debut and see. You know, you tell me what you think of that and. You know, I, I need to go back and watch that too to see if that's something. Because I, I thought about maybe uh, uh, inviting Anton to come on and maybe talk about that movie because he's Filipino, and, yeah. and maybe he I mean, can uh, you know shed some light on on you know his his uh, you know childhood and and see if he can relate to any of the things in that movie. But yeah, this is an awesome movie. Let's let's uh, get into it. Uh, sure. Well, I mean, before we do that, like yeah, I I think Phoenix could probably enjoy this one too. But right off the bat. Uh, we see uh, Victor, and he's like trying to seduce the camera. You don't really know what's going on, and then you find out that he's in a room with this uh, other girl named Donna, and she, yes. you know she's heavier. And you know, uh, there's there's one point he looks at the bed, and she's got like a picture of him and her, and he's all like, "Oh, you're you're not gonna tell anyone about us, right?" You know, because he's trying to keep it on the under. And yeah. but when they started making it out, it was making me a little uncomfortable, and I was watching it by myself. So right. I was like, I wonder if I can watch this with Phoenix. But after you get past that scene, I think everything else is fine. Um, yes. But I guess I also forgot to mention that this is rated R, but mainly for actually just for language. There's really no sexuality in this. There's implied stuff, which is which is, I, I would be fine with Phoenix, and the language is not a big issue for me. But mm-hmm. I wonder how he would feel watching it with me, especially with that opening scene. But mm-hmm. I, I agree with you that I think this one that he uh, he would enjoy. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that it was rated R because I read um, something that Roger Ebert wrote about Victor Vargas being rated R um, by the, in the MPAA, the Motion Picture something, Association Association of America. Um, They're the ones that put these ratings on. And this movie that I feel like deals with uh, the youth in a very honest way and um, and it in an intelligent way, and it deals with like teen sexuality really well. Um, and it doesn't mean by sexuality it doesn't mean that everyone's going, you know, every scene is them having sex. It's not at all. But the MPA rated it R, but the MPA also rates movies that like what he said. He said something like that celebrates cheap vulgarity and. And, you know, all these movies that talk about sex in like a really cheap way, PG-13. And he thought that that was really, you know, kind of unfair. You know, since Victor Vargas does what he says, he I'm quoting here, a sincere expression of true experience and real life values, as opposed to something like American Pie or something. Right. You know, uh, so I found that I found that really interesting because it's true. I, when I saw that it was rated R, I was like, really? OK, maybe maybe the language, maybe the language. Um, but sex, the the movies with like more, you know, maybe showing a boob or, or anything like that. Sometimes I've seen them as PG-13. Right. And that's a little unfair. Titanic. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's your one word review. OK, I dig oh, yeah. it. <laughs> um, what do you think? What do you what do you think of Victor Rasuk uh, as as Victor Vargas? I, I should say, like, what do you when you in two thousand two, mm-hmm. what were your thoughts of this 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 character, this the, cocky well, guy? Well, again, this these are the guys that I grew up with. You know, um, this is the guy, my neighbor, my you know my classmates, 
And so when I saw him, when I saw him, I was just like, oh, look at this, look at this fool. Like he thinks he's the big, uh, he says it in the movie, like the big papi chulo, the big, you know, uh-huh. uh, guy who has it all, the big Mac or, you know, whatever the kids are saying these days <laughs> of what I just said. But um, <laughs> so when I saw him, he's, he's adorable. And now I'm watching it years later. I'm just like, oh my God, he looks like a baby. He's adorable. But you can see through the facade, the facade. You know, and the opening of the movie I really enjoyed because you don't know. I had completely forgotten about it. It's just him in front of a wall, just standing there kind of macking to the camera. Later we find out is to, you know, to the girl, to Fat Donna, as they call her right. in the movie. But he's just macking to the camera. He's licking his lips and he's like flexing his muscles. And you're just like... You know, when when I saw it, I was just like, shut up. You're you're not that you're not all that. Right. But now I'm like, OK, I don't know where this is going because I had forgotten. But this is this is a great way to open this movie because it, it almost sets the tone going forward. This is who he thinks is it. He is. It's all about his self image and what he wants and his desires. And the opening scene, the opening image is just him, you know, licking his lips and doing the seductive what he thinks is a seductive thing and i think this is a great opening to to the movie to the entire movie yeah i i agree i i i'm glad that aside from what we see of victor i'm glad that the whole you know brief scene with him and donna wasn't going to set the mood because i wasn't sure where this was going at all because i I think i did know it was rated r before watching because i was just like oh maybe it's just language and then that opening scene i go is this like sexy stuff too (laughs) you know so (laughs) i i'm glad it wasn't that and um yeah i'm just i was just thinking like if it was just me and phoenix sitting there i i I think i'd be uncomfortable just seeing that just because of like the way they were kind of going at it too right um but yeah so yeah there's also so much going on in that scene you know um I, you know, I I don't want it to I don't want to make it seem like for people that haven't seen it, like it's just two kids making out and we're just perverts and we're watching it. No, but there's a lot of there's a lot going on because you have the friend outside the window calling his name and he's trying to, like, figure out if she has told anybody about them because he wants to keep this a secret. And he's looking at the picture of the two of them. So there's all these you know, there's all these external things happening while they're also like making out and trying to make this happen. So I don't know if that maybe helped in not making you so uncomfortable. It, it was just the kissing stuff, really. I was just like, <laughs> you know, like that. People can't see it, but I'm covering like one eye, <laughs> you know, watching. Um, but I, I just think it's funny. He's trying to keep it on the under with a girl from his own building. Like, I never lived in a building like that, but, but. That's too close to home, literally and figuratively, you know. But that's how that's the easiest way to do it, right? Yeah, I guess it's, you're right. He's um, he lives downstairs from her, so yeah. she's his upstairs neighbor. It's perfect. You don't have to go anywhere. People don't see you going into, you know, in and out of somewhere else. Uh, or And by people, I mean, like the guys from the block or your, your friends or whoever in the neighborhood. So you just go right upstairs or right downstairs and you you do what you have to do, and that's it. It's the perfect. It's the perfect plan, Peter. Yeah. I, well, I've, obviously, I missed out, um, <laughs> but I I really like this scene because yeah, his friend is outside the window shouting up, and his sister, you know, she's looking out, you know, basically like, what the hell are you doing? You know, yelling for Victor, and then like Victor pops his head out the window. Who's uh, now he's one floor up from his sister, so she looks up. She's like, what the hell are you doing up there? 
you know, and then right. she figures it out, you know, puts one and two together. And yeah. um, and then, like, Victor, you know, I guess he just had a brain fart because he's just like, oh, crap. She, now, now she just saw me up here, you right. know, and I'm trying to keep it a secret. Uh, and uh, oh yeah, so he goes downstairs to you know confront her, and this is where I it, it brought me back to a certain time. But having the house phone, mm-hmm. you know, and he's just like so they're fighting because he wants her to keep it a secret, and he's threatening to throw the house phone out the window, uh, you know, if she doesn't. And I'm just like, oh man, if you know, a, a running thing or theme thing, I don't know, whatever uh, on this show is. Sometimes we talk about it, uh, a certain movie being remade. And right. if it was this, he would totally s- s- grab her iPhone. He's like, right. I'm, I'm going to throw your phone out the window, you know. So I, it just, it, you know, it's it's kind of nice to see old technology. Yeah. And, and see how um, uh, things would be. But I, I know we're jumping ahead. But n- now you can um, chain a phone up. <laughs> you know, you, you can, you can change the password on somebody's phone and be like, I got your phone locked, you know, right. so I'm not going to give you the new code until you act up or act right. Uh, so that's I mean, funny. In the, mo- the, um, in the movie, the phone, the phone in question here is a rotary phone. So I don't know the younger viewers. I don't know if you know, Google it. It's, mm-hmm. it has the, where you dial, it's a big dial and it has holes. So you can take a little chain and then, you know, needle, uh, thread the chain through and, and connect it to something else and lock it so you won't be able to dial. And yeah. their grandma does this uh, later on in the movie. But um, just quickly, w- the calling up and down, like the guy, the, his friend calling him from the street and everyone sticking their head out and just kind of having those conversations, yelling back and forth as to what your plans are going to be or what, or what you're doing and all that. That is so real. And that's... That's one of the things that just, you know, that puts you, so, at least someone like me, who, again, grew up in neighborhoods like this, it just puts you right in the moment and it puts you right in that world because that's exactly how it is. I remember I grew up in a building, six stories, and I remember just Saturday mornings or even the middle of the night, you had people, you know, kids that lived in different floors, mm-hmm. that friends having conversations through the window. Of like, you know, where the alley is and you can hear it. So it echoes and everyone can hear it. Or you would call your, you know, you're outside because we had playgrounds, but it was, this is going to sound completely crazy, but it was safer for you to just play outside in the street, outside of your building. Mm-hmm. Everyone can see you, all the rest of the neighborhood kids are there or your block, the kids are there. And you would just, you know, call up to your mom, ring the door, you know, the doorbell downstairs and... And, you know, say, mom, you know, throw me a dollar for an ice cream. And she would take a sock, put it, you know, put the dollar in with the, my mom would put like a lime or a rock or something and throw it out the window. And that's just how you communicated. So this scene right here is just like, it sets the tone for like these kids and who they are and what, you know, what they're doing. Yeah, I think it's definitely an interesting depiction uh, of that side of the country, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I don't feel... Uh, well, I mean, and, and maybe just not where I grew up. There's not a lot of buildings I can think of around town that are like that. So I can't relate, but I think it's definitely a, a, um, an interesting, you know, view of that of that uh, life. Right. Um, the next thing we see them at the swimming pool. So I guess uh, it's summertime, right? It's summer. Yeah, it's summer in New York City. I don't know if you've ever visited New York at all Mm -hmm. but summer in new york is swelter like sweltering humid sometimes it gets to like 90 
99, 100, 103, but it is just humid and sticky. And the, another thing that I felt like this movie depicted re- really well is everyone looked like they were sticky mm-hmm. because that's exactly how you feel in New York in the summer. You just feel sticky and you feel like you always have to, even after you come out of a shower, you feel like you have to just go back in because it's sticky. So it is summer in New York in, in the movie. Um, and they're, I'm, they're not in school. Yeah, and um, like Victor spends most of his time without his shirt because it's so hot. Right. And his brother basically is always in boxers. <laughs> right, <laughs> which is, right. Which, that's his real-life brother too, right? Is, yes, is Silvestre. It? Silvestre, okay. Silvestre. I was, I was going to say maybe Sylvester and, you know, uh, okay. Maybe like that, yeah. Yeah, so I, th- I think that's really cool because I was like, man, the kid really looks, uh, looks just like uh, Victor. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then I found out that, you know, they had the same last name. I go, okay, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so Judy and Melanie, this is where we first meet them. Um, I don't think I really had anything else going down, but I do know that is it is it Harold that's um, talking to Victor right now and it was basically like, hey, you know, I heard about you and Donna, or was that yes. another guy? No, it was him. It was him. But okay. before uh, the two girls, they're sitting at the pool and they're just and talking. And Judy is Judy, which is the second lead. Um, she's the type of girl that she just doesn't want to hear it when it comes to boys and having to do anything with boys. And Melanie is telling her, you know, see that little short one referring to Victor across the pool. You know, supposedly he's with Fat Donna, like that's Fat Donna's man. And the first thing which I found really interesting, the first thing that Judy says when Melanie tells her that, she says, oh, poor girl, <laughs> which just sets the tone and, and tells you where she's at when it comes to, you know, that situation or that or boys in general. Like she's thinking about Donna having to deal with this guy. Um, and I love and I and I love that. That's like the first thing that she says when. You know, when Melanie tells us that. Uh, but they have, you know, they have a back and forth. And Judy's like, I didn't want to be here. And, I, you know, you dragged me here, whatever. And you see that their relationship, they're, they, they're very close. And, and, um, and that's, you know, that's her girl. That's her. Yeah, I think it's funny because I don't know how much time has passed. But you can see how news spreads quickly. You know, right. Because, I mean, I don't know how popular either of them are. But obviously Donna has a certain reputation. And I mean, is is Victor is is he just he seems to be almost like another guy, right? I mean, I know he's our lead, but mm-hmm. is the um, and I don't know if I, I didn't really quite get this, but is is he like a popular guy in the neighborhood, or is he just just another guy? It seems like right externally, outside of himself, it seems like he's just another one of the kids in the block, right, or one of the kids in the neighborhood. For him, he's like the biggest ladies man and he's so popular. Like he even tells his friend um, in the scene before the pool. He's like, what are you talking about? I wasn't with Donna. Like, who do you, what do you, what's my name? He's like, you know, it's Victor. Like, you know, you know, the, the kind of girls that I'm that I get with and all that, you know. So he feels and he seems uh, like he's the biggest, you know, the big uh, what's it called? The big fish in a small pond. Right, right. But outside, like, there's a lot of clues that just like outside people are just like, whatever, you're just another another guy. There's a lot of good dialogue in this movie. I, I really enjoy it, especially like like Victor. He's definitely my favorite character in the movie. Uh, well, maybe cl- him and his brother. I, I, I love his brother, too. That's, um, it's a good because I have a brother and I don't know how far apart they are, you know, in real life or in the movie. But me and my brother, we're four years apart and I can right. see that, you know, how close they are. And it reminds me of my brother. So I really like really like their um their chemistry i guess for being brothers 
and right. um, and how they pick on each other and things like that. But um, so we talked about uh, how the rumors were spreading. Yeah, well, in rumors in, in the neighborhood, does that's you know neighborhoods are are fairly small, but in something like this, and it's, and especially when you're a kid, you know, something happens and one kid tells another kid, and all of a sudden the whole block knows in a matter of 20 minutes, you know what I mean? So this could be the next day, them at the pool, and everyone's already, you know, talking about and goofing on him and like, oh, I heard you were with Fat Donna and all that. Um, and that's that's kind of just how it goes. That's how it is. I mean, it's, it, that's how it works in school. When you're in school, you know, something happens, and a day later the entire school knows. It's the same, you know, it's the same thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think we've all gone through something like that. I, th- there's plenty of times, like, if I really sat here and thought about it, there's those times like, Peter, I heard you, I heard about you and such and such. Like, where'd you hear that from? <laughs> <laughs> like, how can that even be true, man? Come on. Like, yeah, I, I think I've gone through yeah. that, too. I, I, I'd almost kind of hate to admit, but I feel like I was kind of like Victor as well, but not as a, a, aggressive. I definitely thought myself as a, you know, um, I thought I was, you know, I guess I was kind of cocky and conceited when I was younger. And, you know, some some guys just yeah. were. And I, I, I didn't really have, you know, the greatest guidance. So I just thought that, you know, there was a certain face uh, I had to put on, you know, in right. front of other people. So I could, I could kind of relate with this guy. Well, because that's exactly what he's doing, you know. He's, it seems like if you just look at it from the outside, it seems like that's who he thinks that he should be. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's who he puts off. He's like he has all this vibrato and obviously teen hormones come into play, you know. So everything, everything with him is all about, uh, you know, whatever he wants. Right. So he wants to go after this girl or he wants to have sex. He's going for the, you know, for the girl that, you know, the, the quote unquote ugly girl that no one's going to talk about. But he's doing it anyway and keeping mm-hmm. it on the low. Now everybody found out about that. Now he's just like, oh, I have to go get the cute girl, the, the hot girl that everyone wants. So that can help my image. It's all about, you know, what he wants and his image. And he has all this, you know, all this stuff, all this like Lothario vibrato-ness to him yeah. that, uh, that makes him relatable. Like you said, you were similar to him and, you know, we all knew kids like that. And, and that's the fun of the movie is just seeing how he changes throughout the movie. Which yes. Is nice. And so he tries to go hit on Judy, and that's a pretty good scene. But uh, she shuts him down, and then uh, Harold clowns on him. And then we see a little boy walking up to her, and, and you know, they, they kiss on the cheek. Yeah. And so basically Harold's giving Victor a hard time. Like, look, this guy came out of nowhere, and he gets a kiss from her. He's probably and, half rage. Yeah. Um, and I think that was it. And then, like, the next scene, they were playing charades, um, Judy and Melanie. Well, kind of, I guess. It, I th- it was really weird because I had no idea what the heck was going on. Yeah, and then... Sitting around. Yeah, but, but Melanie, she was... Yeah, I was like, what is she doing? And then um, I forgot what Judy guesses. And then she's like, oh, no, I'm a baby bird. I was like, oh, okay, they're playing charades. Right. And, and I just thought it was funny. And then... It was Judy's turn, and then she starts, you know, like, uh, doing those visual cues of, of, like, Victor. And she's like, who am I? You know, she's playing with her hair. And uh, I, I guess that's one thing I, I forgot to bring up, but, like, the look of Victor. Um, is that is that – I don't know if that was, like, a like a, like a style of the hair. Because mm-hmm. I, I was trying to think because um, 
I guess it, it doesn't matter what ethnicity you are. Some people, they just grow their hair out, right? But Victor and his brother, they both kind of have froze. But I wasn't mm-hmm. sure if this like was like a cultural thing or was this trying to say um, their hair is like this because they're so poor that they couldn't afford haircuts often or something? What do no. You- no, I no, I think I feel like I remember that being the style for a lot of people. Okay. Um, back in back in two thousand and two, but I feel like I remember seeing that be be the style because when when we saw the movie, I didn't I didn't think, oh wow, why is he having a fro? It just felt very natural. You know what I mean? It felt like that was that's what he was supposed to look like. Yeah, and I really like this because you know I was I was trying to think of you know did did Victor make an impact on her where he's you know she she's still thinking about him to you know to uh, make fun of of him or it was he was just such a silly character that she was just making fun of him so I just yeah. I, I kind of what well, a little bit of both yeah you uh, know I think she did, he did make an impact because he actually came up to her. Uh, we see her throughout the movie, which we'll talk about getting just harassed, like street harassment, like se- pretty much sexually harassed when she was walking down the street. And he was he actually came up to her and was like, hi, you know, can we talk? Can I talk to you for a minute? It came up to him fairly like a like a human being and not like a complete jackass, you know, and, and I, I want to stick it up your butt, which is one of what one. What one of the other guys said to her, he, he called uh, it a duty hole, <laughs> a duty hole. And then later he says something like. Oh, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's he came up to her and was and actually spoke to her and was pretty decent, even though, you know, for him, he was like, oh, I got game. I can get her by saying, you know, by sweet talking her. But he actually came up to her in contrast to what everybody else in the movie does or every other guy in the movie does for her. So I think he, he did make an impression. Yeah. Um, even though the pool and the pool scene with her ends ends with her taking him by the by the hand after he asked her out and showing him his reflection in the mirror and being like and saying something like does that look like god's gift to women i didn't think so right and then like left them there with himself and as she walks away so she's still like playing hard to get or or not even she's still being hard and closed off but for him making an, she's making an impression on him and he's making one on her that's That's, right. That was pretty great. The, the whole reflection thing. I really liked that. Yeah, because I feel like that was the first time that someone has given him a dose of reality. Right. That was like the beginning of him seeing what his self image and what he's portraying to other people and how different that is. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Victor goes home and then him and his sister, they're uh, accusing each other for dropping the phone out of the window. Um, <laughs> so they gra- Right. Yeah, so the sister, I, I don't know if I mentioned it earlier, but her name's Vicky. Uh, we meet her, his little brother, Nino. Mm-hmm. Um, and I already talked about the hair. I, I didn't remember where it was in my notes, but this is when I started talking about the hair because that's when we finally see the brother. Yeah. Uh, but the next scene, you know, the uh, Nino is being bathed by his grandmother and yes. they're using the tin can, you know, to pour coffee. the water. Oh, you call, yeah, coffee can. Now, um, that's just to... To kind of show more, right? Like, this is just how poor they are. No, actually, I disagree. Mm. I think that it's, that's very, it's very common. Um, We drink, we in the Caribbean, we drink a lot of coffee. And that was a Cafe Bustelo, um, which is very popular, uh, can. But I I think that the, the scene with the grandma bathing the younger brother, and by young, he's maybe like. A couple years. 
yeah, Victor's 16 and Nino's probably like 13, 14 because he's just discovering his body, which mm. we find out. <laughs> um, oh boy, does he. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, so, but I think that that scene is is showing us how the grandma wants to keep them innocent, wants to keep them being her babies and wants to keep the innocence. And I feel like that's the struggle that we see her throughout the film, her really struggling to keep that innocence in her family, you know? Yeah. And I believe that scene, although for me it was a tad too long, the scene of uh, ba- of her bathing Nino, but, you know, that's editing issues that yeah. I have. <laughs> uh, that to me, that's what it signifies. I don't think it has anything to do with, with them being poor or not. Um, the movie as 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 a whole, I think, yes, we see that this is like a lower income neighborhood and, you know, with obviously with people of color, with uh, Latinos. But I think that the movie does a really good job at not really harping on, you know, this is low income. You know, this is and it's not about drugs and gangs and violence. And it, it's not about that. That's not what the movie's about. So I don't think I don't think that they really they give us visual cues, but they're not actively telling us, like, look how poor they are. Right. You know, so I mean, I'm I'm glad that you know we're we're doing this because I guess that kind of shows like uh, my naivete, you know, and uh, and and you, you know, with your background and like you know knowing all of that. But yeah, I I I saw it that differently, uh, you know, because because I don't know, um, and so I I just took it as like, oh, okay, they're they're poor because like in the next scene they're in the living room and they still have you know the the plastic wraps on their sofa cushions. Right. Well, that, <laughs> it's funny you say that because that's like a lot of um, Latino, Hispanic people that may be listening to us. And you guys are probably just like, that's the way it is. Grandmas leave the the plastic or mm. wrap their couches in plastic. I haven't seen it in a long time. Um, but because they didn't want the covers to get, you know, they didn't want the couch to get messed up. Yeah, you know? I, I think I think they also did that in Boys in the Hood, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah. Yes, and I'm sure I'm sure that's a sign of you know you can't go out there and and buy a couch every year or whatever. But that's just that's kind of just like what grandmas and moms did. My mom didn't cover it in plastic, but she just covered the couches, and we weren't even allowed to go in the in the living room, right? Because the living room was for like when guests come over, and then she takes all the covers out, and then you know the couches and the the living room is pristine for when guests come over. Right. Uh, so that's yeah, that's that's the way it is. Now this this next uh, scene is pretty brief, but this kind of tells you like what kind of shows that I watch. But um, Nino is playing the piano, and he's really good. Right. And then his grandma makes him promise to always be there to play for her. I go, someone's gonna die here. Oh. I, go, I go, someone is going to die in this movie, and I'm not here for this. I, I was like, oh, Nino's yeah. going to get shot on the street by accident. <laughs> Grandma's going to pass away, but one of these two are going to die. And I'm, I'm glad, you know, we're spoiling it now, but it, it doesn't happen. But yeah. that shows, you know, I am tainted by these damn shows and the way they're written. Like, the, um, you know, these shows now, they make you love a character. And they're like, well, we're going to kill him now because now you're just liking him. Right. But it's not even it's not even TV. I mean, we see that in music. And because we are we watch, you know, we consume so much media and television, you know, all that mm-hmm. television and movies, we almost innately just know what's, you know, how, how it goes, how the formula goes. So when you see part of the reason that I really like independent films is that it doesn't really follow follow that much of that same formula that we're used to. Um, not that it doesn't completely, but it it is tries to do something different 
Um, and and you're right. You you hear something like that anywhere else. You're just like, okay, that's you know they're telegraphing it from the very beginning, from the third scene that someone's gonna die. Um, and yes, obviously no one dies, thank goodness. Yeah. But again, that's not that, it's not that type of movie. It's not you know about violence or drugs or all right. that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I forget the dialogue between him and his sister, but I did take note that um, they're having an exchange. Basically, like any brother and sister that are fighting, that's what they're, you know, that's what's going on. But what I did note is that I think the sister's good. I, she was killing it in the scene. Um, She's just great. them just picking on each other. They they have like this intense hatred for one another, but it's very much like in, hatred in the sense of like how you just can't stand your brother and or your sister when you're that age because it doesn't seem like you like a lot of people, especially in your family. Um, but the two of them, they just go at it almost the entire film. The whole reason that he goes on this quest to get Judy and, you know, repair his image is because his sister was the one that told her friend who then told everybody that he was, you know, sleeping with Fat Donna. Right. Uh, so and and she did it because he was mean to her in something that we didn't see. But she said like he peed in her shoes or something like that. That's what it is. And, yeah. And so they go back and forth. And she's like, you know, I'm going to do this. It was like revenge. I'm going to do this. And everyone's going to laugh about it. you won't be able to go outside without someone laughing in your face. You know, yada, yada, yada. So they just go. They have this back and forth the entire time. And she's so angry. And I, you know, I saw the movie twice. And I'm like, why is she so angry? I haven't figured it out yet. But maybe in our conversation it'll come to me maybe yeah she's she's really good um and then then we see victor he's out on the street and he um doesn't know it yet but he runs into judy's little brother that's who he saw you know kiss judy over at the swimming pool so mm -hmm. he you know he goes up to him and basically he's like scratch my back i'll scratch yours right. and then um so he was like yeah hook me up with your sister and then we find out uh the little brother his name is carlos and then he finds out who um Victor's sister is, and he, you know, he's all like Vicky, Vicky who, and he's like, uh, is it Dela Cruz? Was that the last yes. name? Okay, yeah, he's like Dela Cruz, but mine's Vargas. You like that one better? <laughs> you know, I, I just, I, I thought that was really funny. That was super hilarious, and um, um, it, so yeah, he's just totally downplaying. He says like, well, you know, why would you like her? She's ugly. She's fat. Whatever. Blah blah blah. You know, he just, and but, but Carlos seems to like the sister, so they're gonna um, hook each other up basically. Yeah. It seems like they're like 12, like his little sister, Carlos, they're about 12, 13. And yeah, but he's adorable because Carlos, he has this like, he's a heftier, you know, chubbier kid. He has this lisp, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. so, he, but he's adorable because he's like, you know, I'm not, she's my sister. When, when, um, uh, Victor calls her, you know, I, you know, I saw you kissing on Juicy Judy and he's like, man, that's my sister. Like, stop talking about her like that. But when he did, when he does find out that Vicky is Victor's sister, he's so interested and he's, and then he becomes, you know, the rest of the movie, he becomes like this kind of really adorable stalker, you know, but this, this first scene of him showing interest in a girl is just like, that's, the whole movie is about these relationships and it's, I don't know, it was really nice to see, even at 12, him being kind of just like, I want to meet your sister too. Yeah. Um, where does Carlos take Victor to go see his sister? They go, they, after that, he's just like, fine, come, um, let me take you. And they stand in front of their, where, where Carlos and Judy live. Okay. In front of their okay. So, yeah. So Victor's there apologizing for his behavior at the, at the swimming pool. But and we see, I'm sorry, before that, we see, um, we continue to see 
Judy, we wa- she's walking on the street and she's being really just like seriously uh, like harassed on the street by these just awful. It's this same guy, but by this like saying really awful things to her and about doing things to her, you know, to her ass and all this stuff. And she's just like, get away from me. So it's just really laying it on. Um, thick how much she's just not about these guys especially not the, the guys in her neighborhood and how she just just doesn't trust them right um, so for you know before um she sees victor with carlos that's what she's going through yeah she's i think she's coming home from like the grocery store or something right she's carrying bags and stuff um now what the guys are doing to her that's called uh cat calling right yeah yeah but i feel like that's like cat calling to like the nth degree right. and just say I don't know how it is in like other cities, but it's really bad um, in New York. You know, we're all kind of close together and everyone's on top of each other, it seems like. And it starts, I don't, I don't consider myself, you know, a, a very super attractive person. And I feel like it doesn't even matter. You know, the minute you go through puberty and you have any kind of curves, you are getting harassed and men guys and men are saying the most horrendous things to you. So this, again, this is another thing that I definitely related to and, and a lot of my friends did too. And you understood her because she they're saying the most awful things to her, um, how what they want to do to her and this and this and that instead of just saying hi. Right. Which I think, you know. Did you um, ever see that clip where there, there's a woman, she's walking around New York and yeah. it's like, yeah, ours and her husband's like walking behind her, just filming this whole thing. And yeah, mm-hmm. just a bunch of guys left and right, just catcalling. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's basically what happens to her, except for, you know, it, it is just this one guy that, that seems to be harassing her throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, so Victor invites her over and then that guy, right, he, does he live in her building? No, yeah, there. So he apologizes. Victor apologizes right. for for the way he acted at the pool, and he was like, you know, I think that was whack. I just, you know, want to say hi, um, and in, and actually introduce himself, say his name. You know, he said, "I'm Victor Vargas." This is the first time that he actually says his whole name, um, and so she's like, "Fine, I accept your apology." When they go into her building because she's coming home, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I found it interesting that when she accepts his apology, you know, she's waiting to see what he has next. And for a split second there, he doesn't have anything. Like he has no idea what to do once she says, okay, I accept your apology. You know, because all of, all of his um, intention was just like, I'm going to apologize. And then she's going to be like, yeah, she's going to be mine. But she's like, I accept your apology. Now what? Like what, what is it that you want? And he has no clue. So he invites her, he invites her to have a walk. Like he, he has these moments of sincerity. And he invites her to, have, to go for a walk or do something. Yeah, these are really great insights that you're you're bringing, um, and this hasn't come up, but you know maybe this might be kind of a cool thing for listeners to know. But you you direct. I used to before before I had kids. <laughs> I I considered myself a short film director for a really brief moment in my life. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so if people are wondering why do I sound like I have not graduated high school compared to Carly, is because she's got so. <laughs> but. Um, I mean, you're you're definitely bringing it, and and I'm I'm learning right now as you're talking. Like, oh man, that's what she got out of that scene. Because I mean, you you have seen it more than me, but I mean, uh, you know, I was really I was not distracted during this movie. I I gave it a very fair watch. You know, I was watching intently, taking my notes, and I just saw different things than you did. You know, and I'm I'm just loving everything that you're you're bringing from these scenes. Right. Well, uh, I mean, isn't that what art is? Right? It's mm-hmm. subjective. So you that's 
and that's what is great about this conversation that we're having. You, you're discussing what you, how you took it or how you saw it and vice versa. So that's, that's what's fun about it, right? Yeah. So, so she, because of this guy that comes in, she, um, basically, she doesn't make him her man yet, right? No, not yet. Okay. So, so, but she ends up going to his place basically just to get away from this, this other guy. The creep, yeah. Yeah. So they go to his house and then he's all like, uh, is it, is it hot in here? Do you, do you want a drink? You know, and she's like, sure. So he, he comes over with this, this beer. Was it Corona or am I being racist? <laughs> you probably are being racist. No, I, <laughs> I, I, I think so. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. It, it looked like a Corona from the side. I, I don't think they were trying to show the, the label, but yeah. So he, he brought this beer and she's like, yeah, I didn't ask for a beer. And, and then he like, you know, um, he's got this look like, ah, oh, you, you got me. And then he's like, he just holds up a cup of water or a glass of water i thought that was really cute yeah because <laughs> he was all like uh i'm gonna try this i'm just just gonna just give it a shot why not the worst you can say is no i don't want a beer exactly. so yeah but, but the thing is like the whole time in his house he's trying to get her into his room and on his bed so they can so he can like get it in and the thing is that like she's she's just knocking it down because she sees right through him he's she sees how ridiculous she he is you know and that's what makes it funny because he's just he's trying so hard he's like oh it's hot in here you want me to do this and you want to be here and she's like no like he's like oh that's the only thing i have and she's like oh is it really he's like all right fine here's the water you know it's <laughs> really funny yeah and then uh and then they look at some family photos mm-hmm. um you know she I, I i like how she's we don't see it yet but she looks at a picture of his grandfather and uh and he's like oh yeah that you know i totally look like him you know so i i think that kind of tells us like uh how how he thinks of his grandfather like he thinks his grandfather is like this you know awesome guy and mm-hmm. then he's like and you can't see the resemblance i pose like him too so he does this this <laughs> this like this little gangster pose and then yeah. we see the picture it's like that's not even what he's doing <laughs> and uh, i just thought that was really funny um no and she you know and and he says to her that's what, you know, can you see the good looks running in the family? And she's like, you don't look like him. Like, stop. Like, she's just knocking him, not knocking him down in, 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 in a negative sense, but she's just knocking all of these attempts down. Like, it's, it's not working. You know, it's like, it's just not working. So just stop. But right. So I, I again, that's what I feel like makes it funny because she knows what he's doing and it's just not working on her. And he's trying. He's it's like he's pulling out you know, his bag of tricks and none, none of it works. Right. I like that. Yeah. Um, and then we see Victor's family, grandmother and the siblings, they're at church and he, and he doesn't show up obviously because he's, he's at the house. Um, but it shows, you know, yeah, that obviously they've been waiting for him. And, um, I don't, I don't know. Do you, do you think it was in, not, I don't want to say intentional, but obviously he knew he had to have been there, right? Because they're they're waiting for him, but he's with this girl. And right. I feel like a lot of us, uh, or at least me, where we're being selfish, like, you know, yo, I, I finally got this girl here in my mm-hmm. house. I, I'm not going to kick her out just to go to church. Right. You know, so, but do you think, do you think it was just like it slipped his mind or, or was he like that selfish mode? I think, I mean, you could probably see it as two ways, but if you... Watching the movie, what I thought was he's just so single minded that he probably wasn't even thinking where he had to be. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He's just so single minded. And it was all about Juicy Judy. And once he met her and she said yes to come over to her house, forget it. I'm pretty sure he was thinking about nothing else, about anything else in life. 
So, I mean, maybe it was, it, it was probably a little bit of both. Like, he's, he was being selfish and not... Like, who wants to go to search when you have a, a, a really cute guy or girl, I guess, whatever you're into, in your room <laughs> that, that, there's prob- that you think there's a possible chance with? Right. Yeah. And yeah, so he's trying to put the moves on her, and he, you know, tells her to come sit next to him, which she she actually does. I was a little surprised, yeah, because um, I, I thought he might be a little off putting, and she would just kind of keep distance. But you know, she sits next to him and um, mm-hmm. doesn't get really far though. Uh, but this is where she says, "You're my new man, right?" But don't yeah. f with me. I uh, did. I I like that. Um, he sits in in his bed, but I don't know if you if you realize that he had. It looks like it's like a queen size or maybe a full size bed that he shares with his brother. Right. And then he shows her the oh. <laughs> like a blanket that he has hanging up that comes between. <laughs> it's like a privacy right. like, down. And he's like, you know, he's showing it to her like showing off. And she's like, what? What is that? He's like, hey, it's for privacy. That's for you. And she's like, all right, sure. Like, you know, it's, it's all of these things that makes it really funny. And the yeah. tattoo, you know, he shows he has uh, some it looks like Asian characters on his, on one of his shoulders, on one of his arms. And she's like, what does that say? And he's like, it says, I love Judy. Yeah. And, like, all right. and then he goes in for a kiss and she kind of just stares at him and gets up and says, all right, you're going to be my man. You could go and tell all your little friends, but don't fuck with me. And right. then, you know, it comes out. It just, I, I think this is really funny. It, it just kind of reminds me of like, uh, like when, when me and my wife, before we actually hooked up, but are, are you, do you, how, what do you know about Pokemon? Nothing. Nothing. The, okay. There's... Do you, you don't know like the catchphrase or the motto or, the, or okay. Um, so when, when me and my wife, we, we met probably when we were 16, but um, before we, before we got together, we were both 18 and uh, we had run into each other, you know, at the mall. And uh, I had a birthday coming up, and I invited her. I was like, yeah, why don't you come to my birthday? So that night, she she came. She came with some friends. I had a house party at my house. It was it was just no adults, all kids, you know, eighteen years old. And um, well, I was turning nineteen anyway. So we may or may not have been drinking there allegedly, you know. <laughs> um, and I was in a certain state of mind. And I, I think I remember like she was going to leave the house and then I went after her. I was just like, yo, where are you, where are you going? And she was like, oh, I'm just going to move the car. I go, I don't think you are. And then she tries to get in the car. I go, get in the passenger seat, which she actually did. And then I go, where do you want me to move it to? So I sat in the car and go, I'll move it for you, you know, because I didn't want her to leave. Right. And then and then I got into this whole thing like, look, you know, and this, I already had Phoenix at the time. Right. So I was a single father. I was I was, uh, you know, um, I had just graduated, went to basic uh, basic training for the army, so I just came back from training and all that. So single bachelor, right, with with a kid, and uh, so so I was feeling some type of way, right? And I'm just like, hey, uh, you know, so I got this son, and I'm I'm trying to settle down now, and uh, you know, I choose you, and she's like, choose me. I'm not no Pokemon. You can't just choose me because <laughs> I, I I get it, it's the thing where you're like you choose them all or something like that, whatever the thing is. So so I that, that was our our thing. So that it, this Victor kind of reminded me like I, I was I was I was purposely being lame because right. that was that was kind of my shtick. Like right. I'm gonna be so lame that I'm gonna make you think like this guy is so out of his mind that it's it's different, you know. Right. And she, this is so funny because another um, 
before inviting her to my birthday, another thing was, hey, my birthday's coming up. You want to take me to go watch a movie? Right. And I go, I, I, I go, why don't you take me and I'll pay? And she was like, are you kidding me? And I go, oh, my God, she totally, like, thought I'm being serious because, like, right. I'm obviously going to pay. But it was just a way to be like, okay, maybe I'll go to the movie with you, you know. Right. And, you know, so she took it one way. And, you know, I really meant the other, like, oh, well, of course I was going to pay. But, you know, because I, I was just like, you want to take me to the movie? I mean, I'll pay. <laughs> you know, and she totally thought I was serious. And I'm just like, no, man, I was just trying to get you. And um, funny enough, uh, we kind of mentioned it earlier, but I was trying to uh, take her to go watch Ice Age, <laughs> which came out that year. And it was in the oh, top ten. Yeah, right. so. So there you go. It all Wrong. goes back. Exactly. Yeah. So so this is funny. So that was kind of my thing. Like, uh, you know, I was trying to be charming and comedic and right. cocky all in one. So that was just kind of my thing. But see that you're saying it like you knew what you were doing. Right. You yeah. knew that that you weren't being serious. You weren't being sincere when it came to that. I feel like in the movie, Victor's just like, if I say that my tattoo says I love Judy, it's going to work. Right. Like, I honestly think that he was just like, I'm just going to say that because she's going to be I'm going to be irresistible to her. You know, I don't think for him, I feel like that was part of his game. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't like I'm going to say this ironically. I honestly I honestly think that he was like being for real about that. Okay. Yeah, I I could see that. Maybe he really believes his own BS. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He totally does. In in this beginning of the movie, he believes every single part of his BS, like all of it. Yeah. Um, and then now we see we see Harold. Uh, he is with Melanie. I don't know how we got to this point, but it seems did. Um, do you think it's because of like what Victor told Harold? Like, hey, yo, I, you know, I'm, I'm talking to, um, you know, to, to Judy. So that gives Harold a little confidence. Well, let me go hit on her friend. Is that how we got here? Maybe. Um, I don't know. It seems like when we saw them at the pool earlier. Harold looked like he liked Melanie. Like he looking at, you know, when he came up, when the both of them came up to the girls, he went up to Melanie and said, you know, hi. And he was all up, kind of all up in her face. And she was just like, all right, hi. Like, you know, a little hesitant. So I don't know. I don't think that whatever was going on with Judy and Victor had anything, you know, had anything to do with the uh, Harold and Melanie. Okay. So yeah. so basically, Harold has recently watched She's All That because he tries to get Melody to take off her glasses <laughs> and let down her hair. <laughs> yeah. And and it's, it's funny, the way he does it, like he's so persistent. Oh, yeah. The scenes, I think we got two scenes with the two of them. And he's so persistent and everything is just like, come on, just do it. Come on. I think you're, you're going to look pretty. Come on. And you're right. We've seen that a million and one times. The You know, the the girl takes off her hair and you know, takes off her glasses and let down her hair and she's beautiful. But I, for some reason, when I saw it in this movie, it felt so sincere. You know, it felt more, it didn't feel so... Organic. It was more organic. It was organic, organic but it, it didn't feel so fantastical. Like, you know, all of a sudden she's hot because it wasn't, it wasn't like, I'm going to take off my glasses and let down my hair and I'm going to be hot, you know? It was like right. she was still the same pretty girl, but now she has... You know, uh, this guy told her that and maybe she feels a little more confident about it. But so I don't know. I just felt a little more sincere when when uh, when I saw it. See, I, so I, I, I'd like to get your opinion on this, but because you wear glasses. I do. I used to wear glasses. I got uh, LASIK surgery in 2006, so about nine years ago. Mm-hmm. But I've always known I, I, I have a. A certain. Well, OK, 
I don't know how to put this into words, but basically when he was all like, yeah, take off your glasses, I think you might be prettier. I go, uh, in in my mind, I'm thinking, you don't tell a girl that because she wears the glasses. She needs those. You, you should kind of <laughs> embrace that and be like, you know, I love your glasses. You know, do something else. But like the hair thing, I'll, you know, that's kind of, I like that. But right. like, I, I feel, I feel sometimes, I mean, and for me, it, it it's a little personal because I feel like if somebody said I looked better without my glasses, I'm like, but I need this. So, you know, so I don't look good with my glasses on. That's right. the way I took it because I used to wear glasses and that's how I would have felt. Uh, right. What do you think about that? Do you, um, did, did uh, it not bother you? Would that bother you if somebody were like, Hey, take off your glasses. Let me see what you look like without them. Because it's like, well, I, I need them. You know, if, if, <laughs> if you would prefer me without my glasses, then I don't know what to tell you. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Well, maybe it's the Clark Kent Superman syndrome, where it's just like people just want to people just look different when they have glasses and don't have glasses. And I understand someone's curiosity. If you're always seeing a person with glasses on, I understand, you know, someone wanting to see you without glasses. Um, but no, I, didn't, I didn't really think of it that way. And I don't I don't think of it that way. Now, if someone's just like, hey, took off your glasses because I think, you know, you look you're prettier that way then they can just go up a creek but <laughs> but if you know i want to see you without your glasses that's different that's a different way of putting it however in this scene he does say that to her but he also says i'll take off my glasses too and we're gonna do it together i forgot to mention that that yeah he he's also wearing glasses he's, yeah he's, they're both wearing glasses and they're both kind of the same kind of type of kid you know they're good they're a little not dorky but they're they're not what you what others will consider like the lead character, the hot, the good-looking one, you know, they're the sidekick. The and duff, have, right? Yeah, right. No, well, oh, man, I, I don't think either one of them are ugly. They're actually very well, good-looking kids. Yeah, or it's just, that's just kind of what I wish. I guess that was totally the, the wrong thing to say. <laughs> but, yeah, they're, they're not a duff, but that's just they're, – they're the, they're the best friend, the wingman, you know. The wing, the, yeah, you know, yeah. and – and when the and when he asks her that and he says, you know, and, uh, he does the glasses first, he says, I'm going to take off mine, too. So I felt like that was that was also a little difference when it in that moment that we've seen in other movies, you know, take off your glasses, lay down your hair. He he offered it himself too, you know, so it wasn't just about her. It was it, that moment was about the two of them. That's the yeah. way I saw yeah, I, I I do like him because I you know I feel like he's completely sincere because he just keeps begging you know for like you know to for her to do all this and then you know he even promises to leave if he could just get a little kiss but then they ended up actually kissing too I was like ooh something <laughs> something's going to happen here right well he did the trick of you know I'm going to leave if you know you just give me a kiss on the cheek and he turned his when when she went to do it he turned his head but the whole time is is not like he's tricking her into it she wants to she likes him you know and she's into it she's just kind of a little hesitant but she you know, she likes she likes him too. They like each other, and I think him being so persistent, um, obviously, gave him an advantage because it ended up that they ended up together. But she liked him, and and she was into it too. Yeah, uh, Victor comes home and teaches his brother how to do those LL lips because his, <laughs> his brother is trying to get uh, you know tips on how to hit on girls because this is where his brother finds out right that he he's now officially with Judy. Yes, yeah. yes, because they find the the cup with her lipstick on. Oh, he's, when she... he's showing it off. He's like, hey, he's like, hey, put put this on the on the on the mantle. You know, I want to look at this every day. <laughs> uh, no, he doesn't. But you know, joke. But yeah, he. So his brother's like, okay, hmm, you know, maybe I can ask my brother for some tips because he's with Juicy Judy, 
And so, yeah, I, I, he's just like, yo, you know, girls are always going to look at your lips. So you got you got to lick them like this. I'm just like, oh, man, he's doing the LL lips for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then his brother asks him, like, hey, so do you do this? And does the hand gesture of masturbating and then victor looks down like no what are you doing don't you know no i don't do that <laughs> and, i just give you a pound like wash your hands <laughs> yeah yeah he's like you know yeah wash it that was super hilarious and um there was that slight hesitation that victor does and and i i actually thought that he was gonna be like actually i do but keep it on the low you know but but he doesn't even do that but he's just totally like grossed up by his brother like no I, hell no i don't do that uh so it's just one of those brotherly things um i i feel like me and my brother we've i don't think it's ever been about masturbation but you know we've had scenes like that like no get, get the hell away from me what are you what are you doing you know you know whether it's like hugging up on me like what are you doing man i'm, yeah. I'm not a girl why are you trying to hug up on me you know, something like that it's just a great brotherly exchange yeah. But uh, the, the scene ends with Victor telling him, you know, don't worry, I got you. I'm going to teach you everything, you know, and teach you everything I know about girls. And you're going to end up being, you know, the pretty much like him. Right. Yeah. And then the grandma's and the, coming home and right, yeah, right. she overhears and she's not happy about that at all. No. Yeah. Um, it's like another is another moment where she sees this like innocence being stripped away in her house and this is when she begins to to i guess start blaming victor for this kind of bad influence right right that that continues throughout the rest of the movie but in just to comment on this scene with the brothers i feel like it's so kids do that like i feel like sometimes you can be you know the greatest parent the most open and all that parent and, and be, you know, very friendly with your kids and they can come and talk to you about anything. And some kids may go and talk to their moms or dads about anything. But at the same time, kids will always learn certain things from friends or from older brothers or sisters. Like, I feel like that's just how it goes, you know? And this scene is so indicative of that. It's just like, who am I going to go to? I got to go to my, to my older brother. Not only that, but He's, you know, he got Judy, Judy to come to the house and he's, he's the man and I have to, I, I want to be like him and he should know all of this, you know? And, um, and I, I, I like seeing that. I like seeing that portrayed, you know, and in a very honest and real way. Um, yeah. How kids do that. So, so this is at night, they're all in bed, right? They share a room, but you know, Vicky has her own bed and, um, Nino and Victor share the same bed again with that, that divider basically and so nino is talking to vicky i, I forget what about oh i think they're talking about victor and then all of a sudden like victor leans over like from off screen and i, I just thought the way it was framed was super hilarious because i was like that's right you know they they, they share the bed and right, so right. i completely forgot for a split second so victor kind of like just inserts himself into the scene like hey y'all talking about me <laughs> you know basically um and so we, we just get more like the, the sibling rivalry, basically. And it's just one of those scenes that I, I really enjoyed and it was really funny. Yeah, he's he's pretty much um, throwing it back in Vicky's face. Like, oh, I got Juicy Judy. What? Didn't you say that everyone's going to laugh about me? And yada, yada, ha ha. Like your plan didn't work pretty much. He's mm -hmm. just goading her. Uh, the next morning, um, Victor wakes up and Carlos is knocking at the door. Yes. But was Harold yelling out from outside the window? No, no, it was, uh, he got, he was woken up by Carlos, who came to pretty much claim his, I don't know. 
I I want to say that I I thought somebody he 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 also woke up from somebody yelling his name. I because because that's what I wrote down because I I put, um I put next morning Victor wakes up from Carlos yelling for Victor but it was Victor knocking out the door I I just didn't change my notes because because I remember somebody like Victor yo Victor. You know, and but then he goes to the door and it's Carlos. I go, wait, that, so was it Carlos or was it Harold? So um, that might be interesting to kind of go back and see. Be like, was Harold really yelling for him? It's one of those things, like you say, like people are always yelling outside the window. Like maybe Harold was trying to, um, you know, yell out for him, but he just never goes to the window. He just goes to the door because somebody's knocking at the door. Right. You know, yeah, and it's, well, it's Carlos, you know, it's Judy's brother. So this is going to take precedence of, you know, what my friend may have to say to me. I don't know. Right. Um, no, but it's, uh, yeah, it's Carlos at the at the door. So, yeah, so, right, like you said, he's, you know, he's like, okay, right, my turn, you're going to scratch my back now. So, he, so uh, Victor brings him in, and um, uh, Vicky, she's sitting on the couch watching, like, old school freestyle videos. Well, it may not be old school at the time. <laughs> I don't know. Well, maybe they were. Yeah, I think that's actually something that I found really interesting when it came to this movie. It, was, it wasn't dating itself in a particular year. Because the music that we hear isn't of the, you know, isn't current music of the, you know, of the moment. Right. The, the stuff that Vicky is watching on TV is old. It looks like old videotapes. You're right. It, it looked like it had some tracking problems. Right, exactly. So it looked like um, videotapes, the freestyle one. Later, she's watching some, it looks like a pageant of some sort from like the 50s, maybe. <laughs> like it just, just, I think we see, well, obviously, the phone, the rotary phone, but maybe we see them, not maybe, we do see them with a the cell phone, but it's one of those, like, Flip. StarTech, you know, yeah. the StarTech, was it? Yeah, StarTech, yeah, my my dad had one. <laughs> oh, my God, my husband, that was his first uh, cell phone, and he still is just like, that's the best phone I ever had. Um, <laughs> um, you know, so we, we don't really see, the movie doesn't really date itself mm-hmm. in a particular year, in a particular time, You're necessarily. Right. So, again, watching it all these years later, it feels just as fresh as it did back then to me because it does, you know, it, that doesn't happen. Right. Um, just I, I remember reading something about I, I, I don't know if you heard of, about the Dick Van Dyke show, Dick Van Dyke. I remember it. So it's a black and white show. And I remember the creator, um, showrunner creator said that the, um, they wanted this show to be timeless so they never added any pop culture references or anything to that. So when you watch it, you're not like, oh, man, that's so dated, you know. And every time I see something similar, um, I always think about reading about the Dick Van Dyke show. And this movie, to me, I thought about that a lot. Just like, it, it, you know, you're not thinking that's not bogging you down. Like all of a sudden you're not seeing somebody with like, you know, a, a Walkman and being like, oh, I remember those. And all of a sudden you're out of the story. Yeah, isn't that funny how, like, if you think back to, like, the 90s TV shows, all they have is pop culture references because they're all, they're all, to me, all made to be poked fun at. And mm-hmm. that, that was kind of the thing. So it's very interesting to see how TV's evolved over over the decades. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so Carlos is sitting next to Vicky on the couch, and he gets so nervous he throws up <laughs> right in front of her. Yes, at pretty much at her feet, and it's and he the poor kid. I felt so bad for him, and she's just like ill. Like, um, what she says, she says, "Ill Victor, stop um, introducing me to your nasty ass friends or something like that." Right. <laughs> like, of course. Um, and then then we see Judy and Melanie. Uh, Judy's telling her basically um, that she's kind of been seeing Victor, right? Is 
Right. Well, you, I I don't think she flat out says it, but kind of like, hey, do you? Um, no, I'm mixing up the dialogue now because Melanie says what I was about to say later on about Harold. But anyway, yeah, she she kind of fills Melanie in a little bit about Victor, and like Victor walks up all of a sudden too, you know, yeah. kind of like I'm here to see my bay, you know, and and she's kind of like what what are you doing here? But it's funny because in that scene, um, before Victor gets there, Judy's saying something like, you know, I'm just I'm with him, whatever. I'm pretty much using him as bug repellent. Like she yes. says, she compares them to bug repellent. So she's going out with him or she made him her man, quote unquote, to get everybody else off of her. The same way that when he came up to her in the beginning, she was like, oh, I have a man. You know, so he will stop bugging her. And I, I don't know of a girl who hasn't done that before. Not to the extent of like going out with someone and so for that intense and purpose, but just saying, you know, I have a man. So the other guys that you don't want their attention could like leave you alone. Um, but what was funny is that Melanie said, you know, these guys actually like you. These guys could probably like you, you know, pretty much like why, you know, why you like this? And he comes in and he's just like, hey, I'm here. You know, right. <laughs> just, just funny. <laughs> yeah, they, he wants he wants her phone number, but she says that, uh, you know, she can't have calls, but she wants his number. And he's like, well, um, what did he say about the phone? Like it, it got locked up or? He's, or uh, yeah, um, my phone's broken. Oh, okay. Yeah, and see, how how funny is that? Because now if your phone's broken, you go get it replaced. But yeah, back then, you know, right. replacing that phone isn't, you know, e so easy to come by. Yeah. Uh, well, you can, you know, you could have, that's his house phone that they're talking about because it doesn't mm. have cell phones. It looked like the sister had a cell phone, but that's probably like the house cell phone that they don't, that they're not supposed to be using. Yeah. Um, so he is not like they both have cell phones that they could just be like, oh, text me, you know, your number or whatever. So they had to call each other's houses the way it used to be back in those days. Yeah, those days. <laughs> um, but I actually, I like that this scene is kind of Judy reversing, like flipping the script on him. Because she's just like, look, I like my space. Pretty much like you can't just show up wherever I am and come looking for me, you know. Like I like my space, I'm, you know. Um, she she practically said what what he said to Fat Donna in the beginning, like I'm a private person. I don't want you know I don't want this to go further than me and you and all that. So I I like that that it was that she was like flipping the script on him and and kind of the same sentiment flipping it back on him, and it, it took him aback a little bit. You it, know? That kind of reminds me of the scene from Friday where Smokey's like, "Don't you ever come back here?" You know, like, "Don't you ever ever." <laughs> I'll call you, okay? Right. <laughs> you know, so yeah. yeah, that's basically what she does to him. But yeah, he, he says, okay, you know, let, let's plan ahead. You know, that's that's how we'll we'll meet up because he, he came to find her because yeah, he he didn't have her number to call or anything. So, um, and I kind of I kind of like the scene where they spend a little time together. You know, the whole thing with the chickens and um, I I I didn't quite get what was going on. It was he just trying to show her that he's kind of different that he does have like a different side. You know? Yeah, he was just showing her something nice, showing her around, you know. Um, I think th this is where he he begins to to realize that all of his bag of tricks is, isn't working on, on her. So he's going to have to become a real person, so to speak, you know, and, and show her something nice. And he goes and takes her to, I guess, uh, like a little chicken coop and 
shows her a little chick, you know, a brand new little chick, and she's really taken with it. And and then they go to a, a store, and he and they uh, on the way to the store, they they find a quarter on the street, and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna get you anything you want," you know. And they go into a store and they get one of those, um, I don't know what do you call it, like those little candy dispensers. Yeah, yeah, the, the like, little toys. Quarter- Quarter machines, I, I think is usually what we call them. Yeah, those little quarter machines, and um, and I love this because she goes to the home. He's like, "What do you want?" And, and she points to the homies. I don't know if you know yeah. about or you recognize them. I still see them. Yeah. Yeah. So there's these little like figurines of like you know homies, and she's like, "I want one of those," and he gets her one, and it ends up being the homie that's on, in the wheelchair. Um, I know the homies very well because my husband used to collect them before we had kids, and he had. Uh-huh a ton of them he had like hundreds of them um but so she gets the one in the wheelchair and all of you know she she's like oh he's in a wheelchair and starts to get kind of a little sad and he like instinctively is just like no 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 you know he that's just you know that's just kind of the way he is he tries to put a, a good spin on it a positive spin on it and tells her you know the story about you know about him and how cool he is and it's not a wheelchair you know to kind of veer it off of whatever she was feeling mm. uh, like bad for the homie and she goes home and like tenderly puts it on top of her dresser without saying a word and i thought that that was that was a great moment in in the in the movie as a whole it was really telling and it, it, it before that scene, I was all like, "What? She's been watching Breaking Bad, and it reminds her of Teal." <laughs> <laughs> but but there's there's a, a part that I liked about that uh, that dispenser, uh, the quarter machine, basically is yeah. When she points at it, and he taps it, just that touch. I don't know if that was the actor Victor's doing or the director's. Like, hey, tap that. I don't know. It it kind of reminded me of something like Cameron Crowe does in some of his movies where there's just this little quirk in some certain scenes. There's just this little added oomph to a scene just to kind of accentuate it. I, I don't know what it is, and I, I want to give credit to the director if that was his thing, but I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but it's just like one little detail that just made me like, I, I like that scene that much more. Just, yeah. He's like, oh, this right here? And then he just gives a little tap on the on the quarter machine. Right. I think, you know, the thing is that one of the things that makes this movie so authentic and so real, you know, it's the fact that from what I read, it wasn't the he didn't give the cast a script. Right. The director didn't give them a script. You know, he had a script. The crew had a script. But it was mainly improvised. Like they I know that they rehearsed for a really long time, like a month or two. They rehearsed to get, you know you know, the cast together and, and he got them to to do certain things and comfortable with each other and to get that performance, the real performance out of them. Um, and it was very much, a lot of it from what I read, it was improvised. Um, and these, you know, these kids are, these are, I think, either their first film or their second film. I know for Victor and Judy, they did the short film that this, that this is based on, um, mm-hmm. Five Feet and Rising, I believe it's called. Yes. They did it together when they were younger. Um, and they didn't like each other when they first met. You know, so they did a lot of um, yeah, character building and, and relationship building back then. So when they came to this movie and they, they kind of inhabited the roles and in each other and they just, it was just, it could be natural, you know. And, and it's, it's almost something that I was thinking a lot about this as I was watching. And I was just like, could 
you have gotten something so like authentic and natural and organic and real out of like super professional, you know, professional actors, kid actors. And I wanted to say no. I'm just like, no. But at the same time, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you can. But I don't know. This this improvisational, you know, kids that haven't really been didn't know really the movie biz that way or, or how movies worked and it, it felt more organic. I felt like that's what really makes the, the movie. It does. And that makes a lot of sense, too, because I'm, I'm like, are I mean, are, are these scripts because they feel so real, their dialogue, you know, th- these sound authentic from what these kids would say, you know, so I um, I like that because because I, I thought about that, too. I was like, are they improvising a lot of these lines because they just sound so organic? Right. You know, and uh, so th- yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So thank you for <laughs> finding that out. Yeah, me me just being lazy. That's that shows you how how much work I put in the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, uh, he works really hard to put every show together. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Um, uh, okay, so Grandma uh, she comes home and uh, she shuts the door on Victor's head because I guess he was eavesdropping on her and Nino. Um, oh, because she comes home and she's wondering where everyone is and Nino's in the bathroom and doesn't respond. Right. Nino's just because he's in there exploring his body and and he doesn't respond when grandma comes home. So then, you know, uh, Victor comes in. Um, at, he's like listening at the door and she goes to close the door, gives him gives him a, a, a knock on the head by mistake. They fight about that. Um yeah, and then Nino comes out, and she's like, you know, she's asking Victor, "Where's your brother? Where's your brother?" And Nino comes out, and he's like, "Oh, I was, you know, I was here. I was, I was in the bathroom, you know, he, very, very sheepishly." Like, <laughs> um, so why you didn't respond when when I came home? He's like, "Because um, I was in the bathroom." <laughs> I was in the bathroom. It was so funny, but that's when um, Vicky comes in with Carlos, right. and that's when Grandma sees. With Carlos, and again, it's like another brick on this. Another brick was was blown out of her, you know, innocent house when she sees Vicky with with this boy. Right. And it's funny. She says something like, "You know, you're going out there with men," and you look at Carlos as like there's nothing manly about him, you know. And I find that really funny. Yeah. Um, and then the next thing we we uh, I put Harold B. Baggin. So he was definitely begging here, and we we see that Melanie she's got no glasses and her hair's already down. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's just the thing now, or did we just you know we just didn't see this uh, happen again because you know we've already seen it. But I just think it was funny that we we're already at this point. Like oh here they are again with the no glasses and the hair down. Um, but I think for the rest of the movie she has her hair down, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. I don't remember that. That'd be interesting to to look at, you know, going back and watch it. Um, and then, like, but, you know, she, yeah. No, I'm sorry. No, but so this scene, um, my I was watching it with my husband. I was watching the second time with my husband last night, and he once we were watching the scene of Harold just kind of, you know, they're flirting, and it's a really, it's it's a lovely scene because it's young love, right? And mm. it's. It's not, I'm not going to say like it's innocent, but it's not sullied with, you know, all the crap that you usually see. It's it's really natural and they're flirting and they're going, you know, and, the, and she's just like, you know, don't just tell me to do whatever you want me to do. Like, whatever, like, you're my bitch. You know, and they're just kind of going back and forth. And then, you know, they're tossing around in the on 
the on the bed and then he's like he takes off his shirt and he asks her can I take off my pants and she's like all right and then she takes off her pants and asks him not to laugh and she has underwear it looks like boy like kind of boy shorts underwear mm-hmm. with like ducks it and he's like what the fuck is that it's just like a really cute lovely scene um but pretty much he's just like asking her to do all this stuff throughout the, all their scenes together and my husband turns to me he's just like this movie seems to be like a lesson in persistence and I'm like oh my goodness I, I guess you could see it that way it's just like if you're persistent enough the girl will always say yes and I'm like that's awful first of all but um in this case um it worked well yeah it, it kind of worked but again I don't think that it was necessarily like because he was so persistent yeah. that it worked it, yeah you know, she, he just grew on her I, I guess is basically what happened yeah, but I think that again they liked each other from the beginning. Yeah, um, it, it's definitely a cute scene where he just kind of just pokes fun at her duck boxers. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it, I love I love the scene and it ends up that they they end up sleeping together. We don't see it, but it ends right. up it's implied. Sleeping. Yeah. Um, next scene, Victor wakes up again from Harold yelling out the window, but this time um, he's there to break it down to what he heard from Melanie. Right, that Judy's basically been using him. Right, right. Because um, I guess po- post-coital conversations, yeah. she told Harold that Judy's just pretty much using Victor for what it is. Yeah, and then so so we cut to you know Victor going over to see Judy, and they basically have the first fight, and then they break up. Right. Because, right? yeah, he, he calls her out, like, you're using me, right? And she's like, well, isn't that what you're doing with me, too? You know, Mm -hmm. you're with me, so that way people don't know about the whole Donna thing. And he's like, oh, uh, uh," and this is so great because, like, for as great as um, Victor Rasuk has been acting Mm -hmm. as as Victor Vargas, now we see Victor Vargas, the the character, like, oh, uh, his guard's down a a bit because, like, he didn't he didn't know that she knew. So he's like, no, um, what are you talking about? What are you here? You need to check your sources. (laughs) They're telling guys, they're just lying to you. You're so (laughs) gullible. Yeah. But uh, no, right before that, when he's accusing her of, of doing, of using him pretty much, he's honestly and visibly hurt, mm-hmm, right? He's going mm-hmm. up to her and he looks like, not like he's going to cry, but he looks definitely hurt. And, and it seems like he's just, it's one of those scenes that's just awaken, you know, is awakening him to how stuff works, how things work and how relationship works. The relationships are a lot more complicated and a lot deeper than what he thought they were. You know, and this and when he goes and confronts her and he's like, you know, uh, but you need me. You need me for this and that. And you're doing this to me. And she tells him, she's like, I don't need no one. Like, I don't need anybody. I don't need help from anyone. I think something like that. You know, it's it's telling where they both are in their lives and in the and in this relationship. Like, she's all like, I don't need this. You know, um, I'm, I'm not. Like pretty much I don't need a guy in my life. Like the only reason that you're here is so I can just, you know, fend everybody off. But I don't necessarily need you. And and he's really hurt by that. So but then when she mentions Fat Donna, then he's just he goes into just like he's even more hurt because he's like, oh, man, he knows. But I got I got to lie. I got to lie. And that's when and it becomes really funny because he's just like, oh, uh, uh, you you know you're lying you you're so gullible everyone's lying to you you just let people say that like they're just liars and they, I just yeah it's really good that that scene has a lot of a lot of uh, layers okay yeah up and down it's really good yeah he yeah like you said he's visibly upset so he you know walks off 
and he kicks a trash can. And I, I thought that she was going to come walking around the corner, but that doesn't happen. And I thought he would go back after her, and that doesn't happen. So I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that this movie isn't predictable, you know, where you're just like, oh, well, I, well, I knew that was going to happen. I mean, right. so, so, some things you have an idea about, but it's just, um, man, for, for this guy's first directorial debut, you know, after his short, obviously, it, it's, he did an awesome job. Yeah, it was great. But isn't life like that, though? Like when you have an argument with, you know, with your spouse, with your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, you know, you have blowouts like this, especially they're blaming each other for being used. Right. Mm -hmm. You're not going to someone's not going to walk away and then the person's going to go right behind them and be like, oh, wait, I'm sorry. I didn't mean what I said. Let's start over. You know, I don't think that that happens in real life, at least. Not often, at least not that I know of. Yeah, for, and, for the most part, I don't. I don't feel like it, it does. I, I think that was pretty real. I, I've had many times where, you know, there, there's a, a a spat, and then yeah, I'll I'll walk off because I'm visibly upset. Like, I sometimes I can bottle things up, but if if I'm fighting, let's, for example, let's just say my wife. You know, if 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 we have a little fight, if I need to get away, that's probably the best thing to do at that point because. The guys in in my family, I'd hate to say it, but we we have a really bad temper. And mm -hmm. you know, for those people that that don't know me personally, I come off as just like, oh, well, Peter's just always a happy, friendly guy, and for the most part, I am. But I have my moments where you're just like, wow, where did that come from? And you know, right. th there, there's a, a saying, right? You kind of be careful with the the quietest one in the room, or something like that, you know, or. Yeah, it's the ones that you least expect um, to blow up because I've, I've had my blow ups. I've had my emotional blow ups. I remember, matter of fact, around when this movie came out, you know, I was in the army. Um, I was in the army and then the, I, I had a, a guy who my he was a sergeant who I worked under. Right. So this is my immediate supervisor, basically. There there was a there was a thing, you know, I don't want to get into the details, but um, he was throwing me under the bus about something and word got back to me and then like the next time i had seen him you know it kind of escalated starting from a, a little something something and then i was just like hey so I, I heard you had said this about me he's like and then he tried to backtrack like well you know basically what i was saying was i go you you know and i told him i was like you don't talk about me behind my back and and cause i never really liked him and this set me off because like i didn't know that he would do that talk to me openly behind my back and so like so i blew up on him and it just escalated and he was trying to keep his cool like you know doing the hand gestures to like calm down and i'm just like and i got so emotional so pissed off that, that like i was so hurt that i i was like fighting you know i started tearing up and i was shouting at him in in the open we were inside the gymnasium where there was a lot of people you know we had something going on and everyone was just looking our way and i was just like okay well now everyone's looking and i just need to leave and i just walked off and he never came after me and i'd expect i did not expect him to and i think it was just kind of like maybe an unspoken rule like look just let this guy cool off right you know so yeah i i, I can totally see that and that's kind of, kind of how it was for him except he didn't blow up like i did but oh my god just thinking about it i, mean, I really hated that guy <laughs> right um and then no one went after anybody after that right this is true and, and then we see see um the phone call and Vicky won't answer. What's this one? It's a, it's a, uh, Carlos goes to a payphone. Oh, which right, right. You, a movie in a while. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't know who's picking up the phone. Yeah, we, we see somebody pick uh, the phone off the, the handset in the phone booth, and they call. And Vicky, yeah, that's right. Um, but, yeah, she, she does end up picking up, 
And then she goes downstairs, and then we find out that it was Carlos that that had called. Yeah, and she's like, you know, what are you doing? What are you you stalking me? You're a stalker. And I'm like, I was like, Victor's in stalker. <laughs> I, yeah, it, it, it took me out a moment because I was like, stalker. It just oh, got canceled. Mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, but uh, yeah, and she's pretty much. And he's like, yeah, but you came downstairs, and and she tells him that she's there to tell him to stop, to just stop calling her and stop harassing her and just stop. And then he starts to cry. Yeah, and uh, and then he hugs her before he right. says goodbye. Right. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, it was funny. It's like really sweet and tender, but at the same time, is is funny. Um, and to for me again, because this is so real to me, and and these people are so real. I I wasn't sure if I was laughing because the movie was funny or because I just recognized it. And I was just like, oh, my God. And that's why I found it funny, because I recognize it um, so clearly and so vividly. So I wasn't so, uh, hearing you say that it was funny. I'm, I'm glad that um that it was that it was because I guess it is in in some aspect is a comedy. Right? Yeah, I, yeah I, I think it was supposed to be played that way. Um, right. Oh, poor Carlos. <laughs> he he is adorable, like you say. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next scene, uh, Grandma, she's trying to wash like a uh, like a like a really big pot, right, in the sink, but right. it's, it's so big she can't wash it. So she decides to go wash it in the in the bathroom. But lo and behold, she walks in on Nino um, with his pants down. Yeah. Uh, you know, so he's masturbating. Now I I don't know if he's new to the game. You know. Um, I don't know why the door wasn't locked or maybe, the, the, you know, maybe the, the, the lock does not work. I don't know. But also, if, I mean, so we'll we'll kind of give a mulligan on that because maybe the, the lock isn't working, right? But, yeah. Nino, your 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 grandmother is in, is, is in the house, <laughs> you know. Right. It, what are you doing, man? Just wait. Wait until you're home alone or, you know, I, I don't know. I just thought it was... What? The, uh, I feel like maybe you could, would be able to to uh, to shed some, shed light. some light on this. I don't know. I don't know. I, from my understanding, I understand, and again, from pop culture and movies and TV, that teenage boys just can't help themselves and they just have to do it at every single turn, every single moment of the day. Um, but I guess when it comes to when you're that age and you're and you're discovering, you know, feelings and you're discovering discovering your body and all that stuff, you just you you think that the coast is clear, you're going to do something, right? And that's how I felt maybe that's how it was. You know, she's in the kitchen. I'm going to be in the bathroom for a little bit. I'm in the bathroom. Why is she going to come in here anyway, right? Right. Let well, me just rub one off. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I, get, I get what you're seeing, but but it's still a bathroom. Everybody needs to, needs to use the bathroom. I I don't I think they were the only two home if I'm not mistaken if 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 Vicky was home maybe she's on the couch like she always is you know Victor's not wrong about that she is always on the couch right um, but he could have done that in the bedroom you know where I I think is a lesser chance of having somebody walk in on him and again you know because you kind of agree right that it was probably just them two at home so I think Grandma would would more than likely walk into the bathroom than his bedroom. Um, yeah. Because I can't imagine he was in the bathroom that long, uh, right. so you know it's just like well, if you're in your bedroom, chances are a little bit lesser. So, uh, but yeah, it was it was a funny scene, and I I think that's why I also like Nino just because of like his scenes are all they're fun, you know they're yeah. Yeah. getting caught. I mean, it did kind of bring me back to American Pie a little bit, kind of like Jim. Why did you, how did your dad walk? Your parents walk in? Like, did you not lock the door? 
But that's what I'm saying. Uh, I guess we're, you're looking at it. We're looking at it now being adults. But when you're a kid, I, I'm pretty sure we don't think about, we don't think about those things. Like you may be able to, to say something like, you know, I don't, I don't want to get caught. I'm going to do this. And you think that you're not going to be caught doing whatever it is. In this case is masturbating. Like you're in the bathroom. I don't think I'm going to get caught in the bathroom. You know, I'm in the bathroom. She probably thinks I'm, you know, sitting here or, or peeing. I'm in the bathroom. Like I'm pretty sure whatever went through his head was not my grandma's going to walk in on me in the bathroom. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's funny. It I, is great. It's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite scenes. It's just you know, it's like I said because I I, I think Nino is kind of one of my favorite characters. So it's just it's, it's just a fun scene. And the, I feel also what makes the scene really funny is that she walks she walks in on him and he closes the door, but then he backs away from the door and she slowly walks into the the bathroom and then just stares at him and just looks down at his pants and just looks back up to his face. And it's just kind of like disgusted and disappointed all in one. And he's just horrified. And for some reason, that's what makes it funny, you know, because she does everything so slowly that you're just like, this is so uncomfortable. I have to laugh. Didn't, didn't she say, like, let me see your face also? Uh, does she, oof, maybe. Is that something else? Because I, I felt like maybe she was just trying to see, like, how embarrassed to, to, to be like, okay, that's my confirmation right there that I, I did walk in, walk in on him. On, you know, for well, this. I think she said, let me see your face before walking into, walking into the bathroom. Okay. Because okay. when she's knocking on the door, she's like, Nino, what are you doing in there? Come on, let me see your face, which is funny. Okay. Well, the whole moment is just so horrifying, you know? You don't want to get caught doing things like that by anybody. So. Yeah, by anybody, let alone your grandmother. <laughs> Grandma, you're very religious. You were, you were just bathing me the other day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so the grandma, she's she's blaming Victor for everything, you know, for, for the bad influence. And then, yeah, this is yeah where she finds Vicky coming up the stairs with Carlos, you know, because she had just walked out just like, ugh, you know, with her head down. Right. And then Victor comes home, and everyone's waiting for him on the couch. Um, so, do they? Does she in this next scene? Do, does she take him to JDH? Is that what that was? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So when Victor comes back home, everyone's sitting on the couch, but everyone's dressed. Kind of, they're wearing their church clothes. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, in their Sunday's best. And there's a big black garbage bag full of stuff. And Victor says, "Where are we going?" And they just look at him, and then we see them walking into um, juvenile juvenile court. Yeah, it's that was, that was really that was really sad. I mean, there's no, no other way of putting that. Um, I've never had this happen to me, but I've heard of like friends where they're just like, "Yeah, man, my my parents had enough of me, and they they had me spend the night one night, you know." And you know, so sometimes that just does it. But but yeah. his grandmother is like trying to get rid of him. Like she she's really trying to kick him out. And uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say yeah, she's completely fed up. And then I was just gonna say this is where she talks to the you know i don't know if it's a caseworker or something and and um she's she's like yeah i want him out of the house and the caseworker's all like did, did he steal something from somebody in the house did he commit a crime and his grandma's like no no he, he wouldn't do any of this he's, he's a great boy and she's like well why are you trying to kick him out <laughs> she's like he's a bad influence in the house <laughs> yeah and i think that's the whole crux of of her character and her arc is like she sees this she sees Victor as like an infection, right? She sees him as a bad influence. Like her, her 
house is or her and her kids are innocent. They're still babies. They're not, you know, they don't do these types of things. And we're watching it and they're not necess- they're not bad kids. They're exploring their bodies and they're and they're going through what teens go through with friends and, and all that stuff. So it's not like they're doing drugs and gangs and violence and all that. Um, which when the social worker asks her, she's like, no, it's not any of that. She gets kind of irritated that the social worker is asking her about, you know, is he in a gang? Did he steal something? And she's like, no, he's not that kid. He's just a bad influence. So she's trying her best to to keep these kids and 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 her house as innocent as possible. That's I mean, that's just the way I saw it, you know, and she's. And she's trying so hard. And even them, they're almost implicit in in that because they're going around making sure that this facade of innocence and that we don't do this, which kids do, continues, you know. And she still thinks that that Nino is still her baby and doesn't <laughs> masturbate right. or that he doesn't have friends or that, you know, uh, Victor doesn't do what he's doing. You know, they're all going around behind her back, making sure that the the facade is still going. So when she finally has has had it, she finds so, you know, Nino masturbating. She sees Vicky with this boy, which she calls a man for some reason, which I find, really <laughs> you know, she's just like, this is all Victor's fault and I need to get rid of him. Right. And I found it really heartbreaking when she takes him and they walk in and he sees the sign. Uh, he sees a sign. Uh, I think this is something like juvenile court mm-hmm. or family court. Um, and he and you can see he's visibly shaken. And that's that's the first time I'm pretty sure that's the first time that he speaks to her in Spanish. And he's and he's pretty much asking her, what are you doing? What are you what are you doing? Let's talk. Let's talk outside. What are you doing? Ma? What are you doing? Let's talk outside. And he's trying to, like, you know, appease the situation. But at this moment it's too late because she's just has made up her mind. She's like, no, I got to I can't do I can't handle you anymore. And someone else needs to help me or someone else needs to take care of you because you are too much for me. You're right. Yeah, you, you just brought something up, a great point, is that, yeah, he speaks Spanish. That just shows, like, how, you know, shit just got real. You know, the situation yeah. has, has gotten real. It's it's. Um, so, yeah, that's that's really interesting, too. And that's something, like, um, culturally, I, I find that, um, you know, like, I, I don't know, I guess Americans wouldn't really understand because they, they don't have their native tongue to go to, you know, right. they, they, they just, you, you could just see it emotionally uh, like, okay, this is, uh, that's how bad it's affecting them. But for someone to switch to, to their native tongue, like, okay, well, it just got that much more real. Right. Right. You know? So yeah, it's, it is a really good scene. It is. No. And, and, and you, and the thing is that like, this is another moment where you see him drop this this persona of like oh i'm the mac you know i'm i keep saying that i've never said that before in my life i'm you know i'm, the, <laughs> I'm like you know i'm the i'm the man and i'm i'm we're gonna bring it back we're gonna bring it back apparently we're bringing it back uh but this is is another time where he drops it and he drop he completely drops it and he's pleading with her he's just like he was scared and he's you know let's talk let's talk this through you know maybe i can help what are you doing what are you doing and i find it really telling of where she's at, where the grandma turns to whoever was at that table, whoever reception or whatever. And she says, I don't want it. I don't want it in my house no more. And calling him an it, which, but I think what she's saying is I don't want this bad influence. Right. The cancer. This cancer, right. This cancer that's just like ruining everything. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's really telling too. It's a great, but when it comes to language, just um, 
to mention something about that. My husband and I were talking about it and he's Puerto Rican and I'm Dominican. And we were talking about the difference within uh, both communities, even here in New York, mm. uh, or even, you know, here and not back in the islands. But when when you first when I first saw this movie, I could have sworn that this was like a Puerto Rican family for me, because in my experience, when you saw Puerto Rican families, the older, you know, the mom, the grandma, they would speak more. They would speak English to the kids like they would speak Spanish, too. But to the kids, it was just you would hear English more in the house mm. growing up for me in a Dominican neighborhood. It was just the older, you know, the moms, dads, grandmas, even if they spoke English, which wasn't for me, again, in my experience, wasn't that often um, or wasn't as fluent as you would liken them to be. It was always Spanish in the house. So even if the kids would speak to their mom or their grandma in English, it was always Spanish being uh, spoken back to them. Or they would speak Spanish with their grandmas and then speak English to their mom and dad. And then the mom and dad and grandma would speak to them in Spanish. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. So it was, you know, that's to, to me, those two, um, those were really major differences. So when I saw this movie, one of the things that really surprised me was how little Spanish was spoken in the house. Because this is a Dominican household. She mentions later in the movie that she's from the Dominican Republic. And she's older. And even though she's been in the country here for a really long time, over 30 years, I believe she's, she mentions, you would still, um, at least in my experience, was still here. She would still be speaking Spanish and you would still hear Spanish in the house. Uh, so that's one of the things, the, the movie that I felt like would have made it even more authentic than than it already is. I, I wonder if this um, is from like from my part of town i don't know how far this spreads out but like uh, a lot of people i know when they're talking about the the grown-ups the parents of the grandparents we just call them ogs right. just just because you know the, the slang og but also older generation right. um, did you ever use that slang for referring to the grown-ups do you ever call them just ogs no no not hmm. a, not at all at least not not me and i, I don't think i've ever heard it referred to that way to like your grandma or, or mom, you know, or parent. Um, and if it was, you know, it would be more like, you know, she doesn't let me do that, but yeah, she's OG. So it's just like, but it's not, not necessarily the way you're saying. Yeah. Just reference. You right. Just, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought that was interesting because yeah, I don't know if that's like a, like Pacific Northwest or maybe just in Portland. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. So I, I'm very curious to see if like any, anybody else, whether right. culturally or, or um, what, what's, what's the word for like, I don't want to say territorial or territory or regional. Yeah. Or, or it's regional to like a, like a specific area. So yeah, well, we'd be learning on this show, man. Just like I, I do with your show. I learn things <laughs> on there too, the like girl stuff and <laughs> new apps and such. Oh. Well, thanks. Um, but, uh, yeah, everyone comes home and no one's talking. Obviously, the entire family is just emotionally spent. Right. And, well, because and, the the social worker or caseworker, whoever they spoke to, pretty much told the grandma, you can't kick him out. Right. You know, he's not he's not doing drugs or, you know, stealing things or doing all this criminal stuff. You can't just kick him out. You you can go to jail for it. He can call uh, the police and take you to jail. So right. they, they they're home and, you know, they're emotionally spent. And, yeah, and, and then and then we see you know um, yeah Victor he's crying 
uh, crying himself to sleep at night. And yeah. obviously the first time we see him cry. And yeah. then the next morning, I thought this was, was a little weird because I didn't know how it was going to play out. But Nino standing there. Uh, he's the only one awake and he's watching Victor sleep. But then you find out that it's because he's really concerned. He doesn't know what's going to happen. And then he wake, or Victor wakes up. And then Nino tells him, like, you didn't unpack your bag, you know. So he thinks that, well, Victor doesn't plan to stay, you know. And he's like, yeah, I don't want you to leave. And he's all hugging up on him and stuff. And, and, and this is when I'm thinking, like, man, these actors, they're really good. I wonder if, if uh, Victor Rasuk is just like, you know, you, you know hey, you're, you're a little close. But then after finding out they were brothers, they go, well, everything now makes a lot more sense. Cause, you know, it's just more comfortable for, for them, you know, to be able to uh, act with one another. Yeah. Um, and this scene was this scene was also really touching. Uh, Victor's like, "Mommy doesn't want me here." It's another thing. Um, they're raised by their grandma, so they call mm. her. They pretty much call her mom. That's their mom. Um, and dad too. Victor mentioned that in the previous scene. Like, that's my mother. That's my father. She raised me, and you know you realize that. And unfortunately, that's very common um, in that in that community. It's just it's common. You your grandma grandma raises a lot of a lot of uh, their grandkids. So she goes. She's like, you know, mom mom doesn't mommy doesn't want me. So, you know, I'm leaving. That's what other choice do I have? And Nino tells him, he's like, I need you here. Where am I going to learn all this stuff from? I love you. Like, where am I going to learn about girls? And Victor says, well, you can ask mommy about girls. And, and this is a great moment because Nino's just like, really? I could ask mommy about girls? Pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. As if to say, like, are you being completely ridiculous? Like, that will never happen. She doesn't know. A, she doesn't know about girls. And B, it's mommy. She's not going to tell me anything about oh, girls. And, and, and C, um... Victor, you don't know this, but she walked in on me while I, know. I was masturbating. <laughs> so a little bit more awkward. I like masturbation, so I can't. My girls. Yeah. So um, yeah. So Victor, this is definitely where his arc, you know, kind of uh, kind of changes, and he goes to um, apologize to Grandma, you know, for giving her a hard time, and mm -hmm. he looks obviously sincere. But to me, you know, he doesn't want to get thrown out. And then she asks um, Nino and Vicky if they think he's sincere in his apology. You know, and they, they both do. You know, obviously it's it's their brother and they don't want him to be thrown out either. And especially Vicky, despite the, right. the the bad, well, the quote unquote bad blood. It's really no bad blood. It's just, you know, it's brother and sister, you yeah, know. Stuff. Yeah. So I, I really like that scene. I like um, that too because, you know, she got, at the end of the day, they're siblings and she got his back. And she doesn't want him to leave as much as he annoys her and does mean things to, you know, and they do mean things to each other. That's her brother. And that threat of the grandma actually packing up his stuff and taking them to taking all of them to take Victor away like that was real. You know, um, he cried himself to sleep. And now he's I, I took it also as him sincerely apologizing. Right. Um, yeah. It, it, even though it's like a garbage bag, it, it's it's that that symbol, you know, where it, well, I, I don't know if symbol is the right word, but, you know, when like like how some I, I forgot. I think it was in a TV show, maybe Full House or something, where, um, well, so basically the the parent was going to have the, the kid leave the house and, and had a suitcase packed up to find out at the end of the show where the kid finally learned their lesson, the suitcase was actually empty, you know, so it was just supposed to be symbolic, like, yeah, I want you out of the house, you know, uh, so that, that's basically kind of what the bag is, but except for it was actually packed, you know, with right. his belongings all in one, one bag, um, and then they go to church. Uh, I, right, right. I, I don't understand the scene, like the whole coin. What are they putting the coin in and like them, you know, taking turns to pray? Because I'm not a religious person, obviously. And I, I am deep 
deeply not religious. Um, uh-huh. And but this is, you know, uh, this is pretty much she takes them to church so they can pray. And I think the point is maybe giving an offering to somebody. I don't know. Hmm. I'm not even going to pretend and then offend people. But uh, I, it's for them to pray that they're going to be good and that they're going to have a good, uh, you know, they're going to continue to be a good family and, you know, pretty much give them a fresh start. That's what the scene is. Okay. Uh, and then Victor goes to see Judy um, at her house or apartment and uh, her mom answers the door and he speaks, speaks Spanish, right? So he's, um, I don't, I don't know if things had not happened the way they did recently, if he would have reacted the same way, but I feel that me being Asian, when I go to, um, you know, a, a girl's house, whatever, and I'm going to meet her parents, I, I tend, especially if she speaks in my native tongue, I will, right. I will, um, you know, speak to her, her parents in that language. It's just more respectful. Right, of course. Okay. So, yeah. So, that, so we're basically getting the same thing out of that. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, he asked to speak to Judy. I, 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 I don't speak Spanish and I didn't have, uh, there was no subtitles in, in, uh, in the scene, but basically uh, w- what I gathered is that he was just introducing himself right to her. And, and I just want to speak to Judy. Yeah. He said, I, I want to speak to Judy. I'm Victor. I'm her friend. That's oh, it. okay. So, okay. So that, that, that's nice to know because I, I didn't know what he said. So he says that I'm her friend, nothing more. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's awesome. Uh, and then they're on the rooftop. Uh, it, th- this is the thing, right? Because like uh, I imagine New York has a lot of like uh, tall buildings and and people. Yeah. That's that's got to be so cool because um, like in Portland we got viewpoints that we go to, but there's not a whole lot of like other buildings that we can just go to randomly and just like go to the rooftop and hang out. Um, yeah. Well, th- th- I guess there might be places downtown, but I've never lived downtown, so I don't know. <laughs> um, well, there's. Almost every building you can have access to, well, especially in these, you know, in these neighborhoods. This neighborhood is very similar to where I grew up, um, uh, where you, wherever you live, you can go up to the roof and then hang out there. It's not like it's allowed, you know, but sometimes most of the time they're open and you go over there and you hang out for a bit and and hopefully, you know, not jump off <laughs> or or fall by mistake. But yeah, we do that. Yeah, and and so it was very much. I love this rooftop scene, not only because it's a rooftop, and you know, like I said, it's it's, it's common for kids to go up up on one of the roofs, but also because this is where he's like he's this is where he starts being real with her after their big blow up, mm-hmm. you know, and he's just like, I just I want to invite you over to my house. You know, I'm sorry about how everything went down. Come to my house. I'm making burgers. I make the best burgers. Um, you know, please, you're gonna be eating them. You're gonna be eating them like crazy, and and he's and he's on and he's honest with her. He's sincere when it comes to that, and she shoots him down, and he's just like, well, okay, you know, whatever. He walks away. Yeah, because she she gets the wrong idea because at first he was just like, yeah, why don't you come over to my house? But and that was it. And then he's like, no, 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 no. You know, it's for over for dinner. You know, whatever. Right. Um, she was like, are you serious after all we just been through you're still gonna be like i want to have sex with you yeah that that look was great yeah. judy can i say judy marte um was fantastic in this film she was so good i mean victor rasuk was great but I mean, we don't talk enough about her uh, or the things that i've read about about yeah. them no you're right they're, they're all really good but um judy too especially like for um Actors and actresses to have very little experience, it, they can come off like corny or cheesy, you know, with certain lines and things like that. And I don't feel anybody did that at all in this movie, you know, from top to bottom. Everybody 
was very was very organic you know and we keep bringing that word up it's just it's, they all seem so real uh, mm. but I, I liked her yeah there was nothing cheesy or corny about any of the lines that anybody delivered no and the direct obviously it goes a lot to the director um yeah. but their casting of these kids was fantastic was right. really fun because um yeah they, I, I mean i can go and and try to be in a movie like this and i don't think i would do a, a good job like that and i'm inexperienced you know so i think you also it's a good uh it's a good meat of directing and a really and really great casting yeah no i agree uh, and and this shows you how how just i don't know if i just was not in tune or um but in my notes i still refer to melanie as friend because <laughs> uh, right now i go friend thinks judy uh, should go um you know basically to victor's for dinner you know because because now they're, they're having that little talk and uh melanie she reveals that she's been keeping you know the secret about harold and she was like, you know, do you remember that guy from the pool? And Judy's kind of like, mm, kind of remember. And she's like, well, you know, I kind of like him. And, she, you know, uh, Judy's clearly upset, you know. And I, I, I wasn't too sure why. And then um, Melanie explains, like, well, I didn't tell you because I didn't think you'd be happy for me. Or was yeah. That, yeah, that's exactly what she says. She says, um, I don't I don't think you were going to be happy for me if I told you. But the reason that Judy is upset, because in the beginning of the movie, they made a pact and Judy or Judy made them make a pact and says, like, you know, promise me that we're not going to like we're not going to be with those boys or something like that. And, you know, she promised and Melanie kind of reluctantly promised her that. So the reason that's the reason that Melanie didn't tell her. She's like, if I told you, you weren't going to be happy for me because of, you know, because of this thing, this pact that we made and how you always talk about boys. And also that she's really negative when it comes to boys. Even if they didn't make that pact, like she's just like, you know, you don't need it. You, you know, we don't need that. It's not going to be about those boys are stupid. You know, that was like her whole story, her whole script, you know, the whole first half of the movie. Right. And I think that's where the um, good writing really came in because she uh, Melanie even tells Harold earlier in the movie too, like, well, I got this pact, you know, with, with Judy. And, you know, she kind of tells him there, too. So, you know, it, it's nothing that came out of nowhere. You know, we, we obviously saw it earlier in the movie. So, um, yeah. so I really appreciate that detail. Oh, um, definitely. And the thing is that, like, this is where uh, Judy realizes that she has to kind of ease up a little bit. She has to let go and she has to let someone in. Mm -hmm. Melanie's walking out of her bedroom. She asks her, how do you know you can trust him? You know, and that's that's huge because she it seems. To me, that means that she really wants to, but she just doesn't know how to. She doesn't know how to trust a boy or, or let him in, you know, as much as, as, much as she likes him. Because it's obvious that she likes him mm -hmm. you know, or else she wouldn't let him around her. Um, and she doesn't know how to do that. And that's her kind of breaking down her walls too, breaking all that down. Uh, and that's, I don't know, that's, that scene right there was, 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 I think, a pivotal moment for her, for her right. character. Uh, in this next scene, we see Victor um, showing us his cooking skills, which he has none, because because <laughs> Grandma's the one who's uh, you know she, it looks like she's the one who made the um, the hamburger meat, and she's the one who's uh, uh, how do you say you know when you're making the patties uh, with the hand um, rolling um, not forming them forming them. There you go. That, so she, yeah, she's 
forming the patties and he's just throwing it on the pan and cooking them himself. So that's that's the extent of his cooking the burgers. <laughs> and it's, so I guess he wasn't lying that the burgers were really good. It's just not he's the one that weren't making them. It was right. grandma. <laughs> um <laughs> And then uh, a letter is slid under the door. At first, I thought it was Judy, and I don't, I don't know if it was supposed to be played that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I don't think it was like a misdirection or anything like that. I was all like, because just you know, the last scene, I was just like, oh, that's a letter from Judy. And then when you, um, Vicky, who again is sitting on the couch, <laughs> she see, she sees the um, the letter, so she goes over, you know, to the door, picks up the letter, opens it, and it says, "I still love you. If you love me, call me back." Here's my number, 555. You know, just that thing. Right. I was just like, oh, oh, Carlos. Oh, you. <laughs> Carlos being Carlos. <laughs> yeah, Carlos is Carlosing it up. Right. Uh, <laughs> and then we get a, a knock at the door. And, you know, Grandma's like, you know, can somebody please answer the door? And Vicky does, you know, because she's on the couch. And mm-hmm. it's Judy. Right. Yes. Uh, I wonder if her and Carlos, like, um, like walked by each other on the way, <laughs> you know. So uh, Judy's like, hey, Carlos, where are you going? Or where are you coming from? He's like. Oh nowhere, you know she he she uh, he'll be like so where are you going? She's like oh nowhere, you know that's probably that scene or something. Unless it was a, a like moments, you know it was earlier in yeah the- it could be, but but yeah. but they're, but they're now just like um getting well no because they're still in the middle of cooking. Yes. Oh yeah. good point. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Judy she she thought about it and decided to to come to dinner after all. Yeah. And um, I, you know, the grandmother, she wasn't as mad as I thought she was going to be. She was a little bit more accepting. To uh, have to Ju- have be over? Yeah, cause, yeah, cause Judy being over. You know, after everything with the whole, you know, uh, Victor being a bad influence, you know, I, I, I thought that she would have been upset for Victor having a girl over because it's, it's not being a good role model to have somebody of the opposite sex come over. I, I don't know. That's, that's kind of what I thought. But she was right. just kind of more like more welcoming. And then when... Um, and we we didn't see this at all, but apparently somewhere, sometime when we didn't see Grandma, she dropped her hand towel because because right. like because uh, in one cut, like Judy just like bends over to pick it up. Oh, you dropped this! I'm just like, when did she even drop it? But oh right, but it <laughs> well, happened. Is the scene where um where the grandma where Victor is saying hi to Judy and you know he's like, hey, you came, whatever, and Grandma comes. So is a is a three shot of the you know the three of them. Mm-hmm in the middle and he's like oh who's this and he's like hey, it's judy i invited her for dinner and then she kind of gets a little upset like you should have told me before i made dinner yada yada and in that kind in that kind of awkward conversation she drops it and then that's where you know the grandma had the towel with her in that conversation she dropped it yeah because she's talking with her hands yeah because oh yeah yeah because you don't see the towel drop because i i did rewind i go did I miss it? Because I don't want right. to write it wrong in my notes, you know, about Judy picking it, picking it up. And, yeah, it, it just doesn't show. You, you just right. have to assume that, yeah, because she was talking with her hands and then, like, just drops it. <laughs> but it, it was kind of funny, yeah. But um, Judy bends over to pick it up, and Grandma's like, yeah, I, I like her. <laughs> she can stay. Right. Uh, she just started tuning real fast. It was hilarious. I was like, wow, that was, I got whiplash. Yeah. I was like, she's Girl, why is she here? Why is she in my house? And then she, Judy picks up the towel and gives it to her. She's like, oh, she's a good girl. I like her. She's nice. Yeah. <laughs> so they're having dinner and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to sit down with grandma. And, and um, you know, grandma gives a little story from back in the day in the uh, in the Dominican Republic. And uh, it's, it's so funny because she she's talking about the whole, uh, you know, milking of the cows and, you know, she she grabs her breasts and she refers to them as titties and like you know yeah, doing the whole milking the uh, utter motion. And I, right. I I thought that it was gonna uh, maybe 
cut to Nino real quick and have this expression where he looks at her hand gestures and be like, <laughs> you know, and just feel embarrassed. I that would have been really really funny, but they didn't do it. But I I, I thought that's what was going to happen. Um, that's hilarious. I feel like you're writing uh, raising Victor Vargas fan fiction. Because... It, it, it's just you know some some additions that would just make it a little bit more funnier. But yeah, it, I, I think the movie's completely fine the way it is. I I can remake this with Asians. You yeah, know, <laughs> I could do a shot by shot like Psycho. You know, <laughs> just... no, that's awful. <laughs> um, uh, so they pray before eating, and mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah. Grandma asks Ju- Victor how they meet, or were Judy Victor? Ask uh, they ask Judy. Okay. Uh, Grandma says, "Oh, how did you guys meet?" And and Judy says, "Oh, we met through my brother Carlos." Okay, and this this is when she figures out that um, possibly uh, Judy had been there before. And I, I guess I didn't mention that um, when Judy came over the first time, you know, that, that glass of water, that, mm-hmm. uh, well, no, I guess we kind of touched on it. But, yeah, she, she, left, she left lipstick um, stains on, on the rim, and that I didn't bring up. But Grandma, she's, you know, we saw one scene earlier in the movie where she was just checking out this glass, like, where, where did this come from? Who, who could this possibly be? And then so she brings that out out of nowhere and is like, you know, is this yours? You know, have you been here before? You lied to me. And uh, yeah, things went 180 real fast. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when <laughs> and that's also when, you know, she starts yelling at, at Victor. He's like, you bring people to my house. You're, you're Nino's over here. And she starts doing the, the hand motion <laughs> of like masturbating. Nino is completely horrified because I, you know, who wouldn't be? And this is what you're doing. And uh, Judy gets up and leaves and Victor goes to go after Judy and grandma says if you go after that girl don't come back and Victor says something like well remember the lady said that you can't just throw me out and and grandma says um, remember I'm the only one you have like I'm I'm the only one just me you don't have anybody else and and Victor yells back at her well remember that you, you don't have anybody else but us. It's just us. Right. And he he goes away. Oh. That's like the gist of it. And he and he goes away and he goes after Judy. That was, I don't know, I mean, for lack of a better phrasing of it, I, it was kind of heart-wrenching. It's just like, man, they, they are both right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Grandma, ha- she can't she can't do anything because he's absolutely right. Like, she's, she's, you know, I hate to say it, but she's getting old and they are all that she has, you yeah. know, and she has to really think about that. And... You know, Victor, who's finally, you know, being more grounded, you know, he's like, well, this this girl, she's she's good. You know, I like her. I, I'm not going to let her get away just because of family, you know, and, and he really wants to make this work. You know, right. so, yeah. So I, I do like that, that, um, you know, that he goes after her. What, where do they end up going? It was like kind of like a like a shack or something yeah. or. They do. He does end up going after her. But before they get, she takes him somewhere. But before that, um, we get this the, the scene where he's just like, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't know that my grandma was going to act like that. And she's like, well, you know, she's all of a sudden she's back and her, her walls are back up and she's insecure. And she's and she's yelling at him like, why did you? Um, why did you bring me here? Was it to impress your grandma? Because it obviously didn't work. And he's like, no, I brought you here because I wanted you to see me 
in my busted down chancletas, which are like flip flops. Um, and I wanted you to see me in my busted shorts. And I wanted you to see my crazy family and my bitchy sister and my brother. And, you know, I wanted you to see me. She's like, why? And he's like, because that's me. And this, you know, that's that's a great that's a pivotal moment for him. That's a moment for him because he is expressing himself and he's and he wants to show him he wants to show judy who he is not just the persona that he puts on that that he's been putting on um all this time he he wants to bring her in and i think that him showing that to her to judy and judy seeing that that it's sincere coming from him then allows her to bring him in so she takes him to it looks like it's a little shack somewhere um I don't know. The Lower East Side is it's, it's it has a lot of uh, little like alleys and in, in in between the blocks or in the middle of blocks, and they have like these lots that are converted to like gardens or mm. you know or like little shacks, you know, chickens or whatever. Um, and it looks like that's what it is. He takes her, she takes him to this place, and um, I'm sorry. And you, you could go ahead. And- oh no, no! I, you, you're, I mean, you're going over exactly what I was going to be talking about. But I, um, to back what you were filling us in on uh, about like him showing her the real him. Yeah, I all I wrote was the real him, and I was going to elaborate, but I just completely missed my note there. Uh, but yeah, that that was probably my favorite scene because that's that that's such a big pivotal point, like you say, for him that he's like, look, this this is me. I'm I'm not faking the funk, you know. I. This, this is oh, I got dirty shorts on what you know I, I'm not trying to impress you this is the real me and right. I'm gonna try to be me now um, right but yeah they uh so they're in they're in the shack and you know she admits that she lied about you know having a boyfriend earlier which I, I think is probably like the worst secret that she she or the worst lies that she told them right. um, but, she, but at the same time he didn't know that you know mm-hmm. he knew he found out that she was using him but she didn't he didn't know that she actually didn't have a boyfriend before. Okay. Um, and then she tells him that he's the closest thing she's uh, had to, like, being with a boy. Right. And they, they have that moment, and, you know, they're hugging, and then they they, um, they have a kiss. And I kind of like this because it's, uh, it's, like, it's contrasting between him and her and <laughs> him and Donna earlier on. It's right. A little, it's a little less... Um, um, what was the word I used for Donna? I just uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, um, I just felt. Oh, I forgot what well, the word. well, for me, you're right. They're bookends, right? These mm-hmm. these. We got the one with Donna at the very very beginning of the movie that was all lust, right? It was all loaded with all these hormones and lust, and then this kiss with Judy when she admits to him that I've never been with a boy. Like he's the closest thing that she's been with to a boy. Which means that she hasn't done anything, not even kiss, because they've never even kissed before. So she hugs him and looks at him and touches his face and looks at him. And it becomes this tender, honest and like joyous moment between the two of them. And they have their first kiss. And it's like, to me, I know you watch a lot of movies, but to me it's one of the first like, or one of the best first kisses. First kiss, first kiss that I've seen in a movie because it's it feels so honest and real, mm-hmm. and and that's the I feel to me that's the difference between the, the the two kisses. In the beginning, it was all like lusty and 
you know, and just is all is all about sex. It's all about ha- having sex. And with this is more is emotion, and they're showing themselves uh, to each other, their real selves, and it's real and it's tender and it's them, and it's the first time and it's beautiful and it's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm happy about it, but it is. <laughs> yeah. And then you know we see them lay, and then the scene ends. Um, right. And then we see Victor. You know, he's walking home. Uh, and he gets in, uh, gets inside, and everyone's sitting down, and no one's talking, and then grandma's not even looking at anybody. You know, she's looking the other direction, and then the phone rings. Um, rings a couple times, and no one answers, but they all keep looking at each other. It's, it's extremely awkward. Nobody wants to be the first one to say anything, and, um, you know, they, they keep, yeah, looking at each other and looking at grandma, and then Victor goes to her, and he asks for the key to the phone so, you know, he can take off the lock uh, and the chain. And she actually gives it to him. Um, mm-hmm. And then, uh, so I thought he was going to make a call, but, yeah, he just takes off the chain and sits back down. So I'm like, oh, okay, so he's going to see if maybe somebody calls back. But then Vicky gets up, and then she takes that letter that she got earlier, and she calls Carlos. So it's just another one of those examples where I'm like, I thought something else was going to happen and it didn't so i'm glad like the director's like you know i think audience members will or the audience will think that this is going to happen but i'm gonna you know switch it up a little bit and so i just really like that 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 it was just so unpredictable how this particular scene was going to play out Mm -hmm. um the i think that this is the the scene where the grandma finally not i don't want to say gives up because that makes it sound a bit negative but she realizes that she can't stop them getting older and she can't stop them growing up and him and this is also the scene at least at home after going through whatever he just went through with judy this is where he it shows maturity out of victor he we hear the phone ring twice because that's carlos's sign for vicky i'm gonna call you twice and then you're gonna know it's me and then you know you can decide what to do from there so the phone rings twice and victor gets up and uh, for lack of a better term, man's up and goes to his grandma, can I have the key? And she rea- she gives it to him because she realizes we she can't keep them, she can't keep them from growing up and can't keep them from exploring and doing, you know, and being, they're good kids and being kids mm-hmm. growing up. And that's, that's how I, you know, that's how I read it. So when he takes off the, you know, he takes the key, he takes off the chain to the phone and sits back down, I'm like, my goodness, that's amazing. Like, he did this. He didn't do it for himself. Right. He did it for Vicky. He did it for Vicky. He did it for his sister that he's, he's been bickering with mm. all this time. You know? That's, again, that's how I, that's how I interpreted it. Well, that's, that's great, actually. I, I, I really like that, actually, because he, he still doesn't have Judy's phone number. So, you know, he can't no. call her. You know? Right. Um, Unless to him that night that they were together. Could be. Right, because yeah. we, we don't get to see what happens. Um. And then they try to continue on with life, and um, you know Victor asks if Grandma's eaten yet. And then they sit down, and I think they have like buttered toast. Yes, or something like he that. Yeah, buttered toast, which is really sweet. <laughs> and then uh, Nino's playing the piano again. A nice bookend from you know what we kind of saw earlier. Nino's definitely talented. Um, and then during the piano, it's kind of like a montage. You know, we get the little flashback of what actually happened after. Uh, Victor mm-hmm. Judy, you know, did what they did, um, and you know, he walked her home. Did did they nap? Because didn't he say like good morning? Yeah, I honestly, they spent the night together. I would like to believe, and and I think that they didn't sleep together. Right. They actually didn't have sex. They actually just slept together mm-hmm. in this little shacky place. 
um, and they spent the night together. Okay. And when, when we saw him say good morning in the little flashback, it was the morning. He came home the next morning. Right. Um, I, um, yeah, I, I didn't think they like had sex either. I, I'm, I, I thought that, yeah, they just laid together, you know, something just really, you know, I, I guess kind of innocent you can say, but I, I, I think for me, I, um, just to make it more clear, I, I would have preferred for it to maybe be like close to evening so we can be like, Oh okay, yeah, they, they spent the night because I, I was thinking like, did they lay there the entire day and sleep? Right. Like, you know, so, um, there's nothing wrong with that, but like just personal, personal preference, I would have had preferred that we, we knew that it was nighttime already, you know, when right. they laid down. Because they just seemed like a really long time to be laying together right. until the next day, which it's sweet the thought of right. that. But c- come on, <laughs> you got right. you got to get well, up and use the restroom. You got to have dinner. You know. <laughs> oh no! Well, shower. the thing is, that, like, he invited her over for dinner, so she came for dinner. It's oh, light man. outside because it's the summer. Okay. And, um, I'm pretty sure that's the way it works all over. But at least for us, the summer. I mean, sometimes it's like eight thirty, and the sun is still out. It's still light mm-hmm. outside at least here. No, you're um, right. So that's, you know, that's what happened. It was dinner. It was dinner time and they went, you know, they had their blow up and their fresh kiss. And it was, it was, um, it was nighttime. It just, the sun was still out. Okay. It's the, the See, middle I'm, of the summer. I'm just an idiot, you know, cause I'm like, you're right. They had dinner. So it, it's in the evening. Okay. Hello, right. Peter. Okay. Um, um, so yeah, that's basically the end of the movie, right? So yeah, we got to see that. And did you have anything to add at the very end that I might've missed? Uh, no, that's it. He walked, okay. he walked, we saw him walk her home and we saw him walk, walk away. And I think that that was, that's very telling. We saw him walk away a, a new man, I guess, a new person, right. you know, a, a more mature, um, a more mature kid. The raising in raising Victor Vargas happened in that arc. You know, he realized that, um, he's, he'd learned to like negotiate and to deal with relationships past his own like desires, past his own like wants and needs and all his like selfishness. You know, he'd learned that relationships takes more than just they're They're a two way street. They're not just a one way. It's not all about you. Right. Um, right. And I, I, that's amazing. I love that. I love that, that, you know, that he learned that. Um, and, but it wasn't so like explicit, like, I don't know. Did you did you feel like it was really explicit? You know uh, what thing that he learned was it? I felt like the movie wasn't slapping us in the face with it. No, it, it's it's. I I don't want to say it was open for interpretation because it's it's right there. No, it's but, not. Hmm? No, I said it, it's not. It's not open to for oh, okay. interpretation. What I'm saying is like it's subtle. Yeah. You know, it's not like in your face. This is what he learned. You know, it's not an after school right. type. Yeah. Yeah. Um. No, I I just I, I did find the the ending satisfying, um, just just that everybody the entire family has flipped from from, you know what we knew of them and you know um, Judy is now more accepting of of Victor and you know she's she's open to him now. Um, I don't know if there was a question that you asked that I didn't answer. I, I feel like there was. No, um, yeah, no. no oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Well, uh, so, so at this point, we, uh, me and Phoenix, we usually, you know, um, talk a little bit about our, our thoughts, you know, just recapping basically as to why we're about to give the score that we do. And I'll, I'll go ahead and go first. But um, we, I think you've said this more than I have, but in my notes, one of the biggest things I said was that this movie is honest. 
mm-hmm. you know, and it's authentic, though I didn't grow up on that side of the country. They seem like real people. I do know some people like this, you know, not uh, like an entire community, but I just felt everything was so organic. So it's like the same words we've been, you know, saying throughout the entire review here. Just this movie is so honest. It's so real. It's so organic. It's, um, you know, I want to say it's well written, but the idea there is great because you're saying that a lot of it was improvised too, which that that shows that these actors, they they brought like a sense of realism, you know, from probably their personal experiences, you know, whether it was a little or a lot. But this movie was so much better than I I had anticipated. Like you said, it was a good movie. I saw IMDb gave it like a 7.2, but I, I feel it was even more than that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, towards the end of our actual discussion here, I was trying to think like, what is my star rating? Because it's like, I have no issues with this movie at all. Perfect movies, you usually give like a five star rating, right. and um, I have no issues with it. But the, uh, I will go in and watch this. Will I buy it? Maybe not. But if it's streaming, I'll throw it on the queue. But it's, it's, it's I feel it's a must watch because I think it's that great. Um, both this movie and Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, I've only seen the one time. I think hands down, Raising Victor Vargas is the better movie. But right. they're both really good movies. Um, right. And again, since there are no issues with it, I can say I love this movie because I thought it was really good. I thought the acting, I, I think the comedy and humor from you know from um, Victor and from Nino, uh, Harold, you know to a certain extent, Grandma at the juvenile delinquent hall, you know, the, everything just worked. You know, this this movie is, I I am sorry that it it wasn't as big as it should have been you know like i said earlier in this review but i'm i'm gonna give it a five stars and i don't do that a lot but i think it's it's a perfect movie you know it may may not be the best thing out there it may not change anyone's life but it's such a great look at life for these kids for this community for this side of town right you know um but yeah i again no problem so i'm just gonna give it a five stars i i mean i feel like People listening will probably know that I, I agree with you. Okay. And with your rating, and I, I would give it the same. Um, but this movie is, again, what I liked about it is that it's subtle and real and is honest, and it gives you that piece of world that you may not be familiar with, but that you're instantly transported and you instantly know these people. When you, I don't know, if you maybe you can tell me when you watch this, you you think about the characters and you almost want to know like when you're when they're not on screen, you almost want to know what they're up to. Mm. You know, they feel that real. They feel like real people that you happen to be watching on on, you know, on the screen. Um, Do the right thing. Um, Boys in the Hood also had that feeling for me of just like kind of this slice of, you know, slice of life, this slice of world that. You know, I may not have been privy to, but it makes it. I was just like, yeah, I can, I, I, I know that kid. Whether I'm not from that neighborhood, I know that kid. I know that that was either me or that was my next door neighbor or that's my brother. You know, and that's that's really why I love this. And again, and the performances, uncontrived, completely amazing. The director, and I think he did a fantastic job. Fantastic job, Peter Solit. Solit, right? Solit. Yeah. Uh, and he, I mean, he did a really, really good job. And you mentioned Nick and Nora. They're different movies, but they're, 
they're you know about young people in love and mm -hmm. he tells the stories in different ways um what is again it's heartwarming it's not your typical your typical kind of teenage comedy romp you know what you would expect oh oh it's about teenagers in love okay i've been i've seen that i got it you know um i like that it's not typical and i like um and i like and i like how everyone ends everyone grows a little bit at the end everyone you know, everyone's world is expanded just a bit, just mm. enough to be believable, you know, because at the end of a movie, you know, you usually see the beginning of the movie starts this way and the character arc, all of a sudden they're a completely different person. And that's not the way life is. You know, we're usually the same person. We may change slightly, but we don't, you know, at the core, we're not like, you know, it's, it's not a complete overhaul. And Raising Victor Vargas um, really shows you that. It's just you change change very little. Little things affect you and you change very slowly. Um, and not, you know, they're not completely people at the end of the movie. And I love that. I love that. Yeah, Carly, this, yeah, this movie was amazing. I, I'm so I'm thankful for that you introduced me to this movie. Yeah, you, as the kids say, you brought that fire. You know, this, <laughs> you... you um, yeah, I, I'm I'm speechless. It's it's just amazing, like all your insights and and um, you know thoughts on on the movie. It's 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 amazing piece of work. I, you know, well, thank you. Um, uh, thanks. No, it was it, this was a lot of fun actually talking about the movie again. Like I said earlier, mm -hmm. uh, in, in the show, people didn't talk about it enough. Mm -hmm. And when I saw it, and I saw it with my friends. We talked about it a lot because you know for the every for all the reasons that I said in the past two hours, you know, we talked about it a lot and it was so much fun to watch and it was funny and heartwarming and it's, and people didn't talk about it enough. And so when you gave me the opportunity to come up with a movie, I thought this was a really, I thought this was a really good one because it's a great, it's a great movie. You can't yeah. go wrong. It's amazing. You know, I, I hope that maybe I can nag the director enough on Twitter to maybe help me <laughs> tweet and, and get this review out. You know, yeah. and, and maybe to to bring more light to the actual movie and have people go check it out. I don't know. That's that's what I hope because I I feel like everyone needs to check this out. You know, yeah. give give it a few minutes. If you can't get into the movie, that that's fine. At least give it a try. You know, oh. I just I just I wished it was on the freaking streaming sites. You know, like I said, I had a hard time locating this movie. I mm -hmm. I even went to the stores to to see if I can go buy it. So, yeah. you know, uh, but yeah, let's. Go ahead and uh, wrap this up. You know, uh, first off, I want to thank you again for coming onto the show. Um, anytime. I had a great time, and I love talking about movies. So I'm glad that you invited me. I had a thank you. Yeah, uh, and I don't know if we said this during the actual recording, but you know, um, you know, you will be joining me in Phoenix on a, a Weird Science episode whenever we decide to do that. Yes, I'm very excited for that, too, because I love Weird Science. And for the listeners um, that want to check out your show, you know, tell them where they can find you and how to get a hold of you. Again, the two shows that I co-host, one is That Pop, This Life, the pop culture show, and that's on iTunes or Stitcher or on coretemparts.com. And also Talking Shondaland, although the Shonda Rhimes shows, the season, the TV season is over, We'll be back in September. You can just catch up on our past episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, and on CoreTempArts.com. They're really fun shows. That Pop This Life is super fun. We're going to, we do it all year long. So we're not on a break um, now in the summer. And, you know, we talk about, like I said, we talk about everything and it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of laughs. 
And if you just want to hear like two friends who've known each other for a really long time talk about stupid stuff that we all kind of care about, then that's that's the show. That's the show for you. Yeah, and and you and uh, Cynthia are definitely anticipating um, uh, Brenda Jenner's uh, appearance. Yeah, for the for the past few episodes, we've talked a lot about the Bruce Jenner. Um, we are very we're very um, pro, Supportive. you know, yeah, and supportive of the LGBT community. So this whole Bruce Jenner um, thing that's happening, we we've talked a lot and we've commented a lot on it. So we are we and we picked a name, <laughs> although he hasn't you know he hasn't said what the name is uh, going to be for his female um, self. But we, we, we hope that it's Brenda Jenner. We're, that's where we're putting money on. Yeah. It's, it has <laughs> Just, a nice ring to it. So if he hasn't decided yet, maybe he can hear this and then, you know, that'll give him the idea. But right. but I'll, I'll definitely link your feed and your um, your Twitter stuff on the on the show notes so, you know, listeners can uh, have easier access. Um, yeah, thanks. And, you know, for, for those that, you know, this is your first time tuning in, if you like, um, well, it, it, Carly isn't my co-host, so I can't say if you like what we do here. But uh, yeah, if you want to hear me and my teenage son talk about the movies I grew up watching, you know, f- you know, subscribe to the feed. You know, check out our previous episodes. Um, you know, he was on a most recent one, the Bill and Ted episode, but be- uh, the one before that was back in January where we did Three Amigos because in that time frame he was grounded. Um, right. But yeah, subscribe to the show. Subscribe to Carly's show. You know, uh, support her. Check out her um, her podcasts and uh you know for twitter you can find uh hydrate level four on twitter and instagram at hlf podcast uh, you can email in uh, with your thoughts or movie suggestions at hlf podcast at gmail.com um, but that's it uh, the the next episode i'm gonna give you a little teaser but me and phoenix we will we will return with a 80s classic and um, it's got some songs in there, and one of the songs is Rhythm of the Night. So that's <gasps> your clue for the next episode. Um, but yeah, until the next episode, I'm Peter, and this is Hydrate Level 4. Bye. I'm gonna give you instructions. You just gotta follow my lead. Your body's making sounds like percussion. And when you wake up, feeling like a dream, you ain't gonna believe it. And everything you need, girl, you're gonna receive it tonight. And I know your condition, I'm gonna make you feel alive. Relax and feel alright. So I like it.